Way too many first responders are struggling with their fitness, health, and body goals, but you're not alone in that fight. I'm Ted with Fit Responder and with 11 years experience in law enforcement, as well as being a fitness coach for over 15 years myself. I've created some free resources as well as one-to-one professional fitness coaching for first responders. So I want you to check us out, fitresponder.com, or look us up on Instagram at fit.responder. That's fit period responder. And let's see you there. Chat soon. Thanks and enjoy the podcast. The Poorly Made Police podcast is for entertainment purposes only. This podcast has explicit content and is meant for mature audience. The views expressed on this poorly made podcast reflect the opinions of the guest and host. They do not reflect the opinion of any department or entity. Nothing on this poorly made podcast should be construed as legal or marital advice. If something offends you, I kindly invite you to lighten the fuck up. If you want to support this very poorly made podcast, click the link at the end of the description and become a monthly sponsor of the podcast. Or buy yourself some nice poorly made police memes merch. Not only does it look good on you, it's also a favorite of wives, exes, children, nurses, nuns, IA investigators, defense attorneys, and the chief. And of course, take care of the fine sponsors of this podcast. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the orgasmic sound of a Crown Vic. Now, from the land of all my exes, all the way from Texas, I have the man... The myth, the legend, who is, I don't know if I should make this joke, but he's now black and he was white. I have Jake from State Farm. How are you, buddy? I'm doing fantastic. I'm glad to be here. Did I already fuck it up or off the bat? Are we going off the rails here? Because this guy, old Jake here, he told his deputy chief he was going to be on the podcast. So I might not be able to make that joke. <laughs> no, no, I, th- I think he'll uh, he'll probably yeah. appreciate that. He's a... Yeah. He's a fantastic guy, actually. Jake from State Farm here is uh, he's an old time. He's a long time, first time listener. And I have to give Jake some credit here because we started like 20 minutes late. A, I'm six or seven beers in already. We have not. I haven't even really started on the podcast. I got a couple lined up. I'm I'm in it to win it. Um, Today was the first time that I mowed my lawn this year. That's an important time of year. The grass looks fucking beautiful and green. Sorry. It smells good. It's made me moist. I feel like as a Texan, I guess depending on where in Texas you are, I assume you're like Hank Hill. You got to mow the lawn. It feels good to mow the lawn, right? Um, You know what? I really hate my lawn. I, I hate watering it. I, I don't water it. Um, I, I would like to do there's like some people that make their yards like all rock. I would love to do that. Zero scaping it. You gotta zero scape it, bud. Yeah, I think it'd be cool, but that seems like a lot of work. Um, I'd love to have like 10 or 20 acres where <laughs> I just take like a really big tractor and just mow it all down. But I don't know. There's something about the uh suburban landscaping I don't appreciate. Mm, um I, I don't appreciate that. the work for it. So I don't know. Um uh, it is highly encouraged for sure. A lot of my friends are like really into that. They like 
they they edge it they uh they water it did you say edge it kind of they do yeah they're they edge edge it real hard yeah yeah <laughs> they're the masters of edging their yard <laughs> it's only funny because i'm fucking wasted it uh it helps the yard grow i've heard if you edge it yes you know i i feel like i'm really lucky because when i lived in uh colorado you had the water right everybody thinks colorado mountains snow no man half the state's a fucking desert okay grass yeah. doesn't grow shit doesn't grow if you're on the east side of the rocky mountains and when i moved to iowa everything's fucking green here the grass just grows. You don't have to water. You can plant stuff and it just fucking comes up. It's amazing. Really? But I get the sense that from Texas cool. it depends on where you're at. Yeah, it definitely does. Uh we're like so I'm in central Texas. Uh that is a very large area. Um, but it's pretty much all the same. It's very hilly, very rocky. Um, you dig about six inches in the dirt and you're gonna hit solid rock. Really? Um, Oh yeah, it's fucking terrible. I uh, I replaced my privacy fence. This old lady drove through it. Um. <laughs> it, was, it was probably me. It was probably me. I drove through it on oh, my tractor. Yeah. <laughs> she uh she was driving. Uh, saw something on her windshield. It was early in the morning, like five o'clock or something like that. She's like, "Oh, I have to get this off my windshield." So she stops the car forgets to put it in park grabs the item off the windshield and it just goes rolling from there straight into my yard <laughs> uh, scared the shit out of my dogs they were freaking out uh woke up call it in and file insurance anyways i'm like well i'm a man i can fix this myself i know how i go to replace however many fence posts i did not expect it to be solid rock uh six inches into the ground some of them is just like one shovel in your your solid rock really? so i had to buy like a jackhammer and it took it took way longer than it should have uh, that was one of my longest honeydews that i've ever done i think it took me over a year to like finally replace every post because everyone needed to be replaced but you should have just, just made the old lady do it i should have she was really nice she was uh she was like i'm so sorry here's my insurance and like her grandson came out, he was like offering to help fix it and stuff, but I just didn't trust him. It. Yeah. Mm. I was like, I'm sure he could. I just feel like it would have been a shitty job. So <laughs> all right. Yeah. So I, I gotta address the elephant in the room. You're yeah. from Texas. I just I assume people from Texas have an accent. You, sir, you actually sound very um not even Midwest, just like no accent at all. I don't hear any accent at all. Are you born and raised in Texas? Yes, uh, born and raised in Central Texas. So where's your accent, bud? Where'd it go? I, I I don't know. I lost it, I think, or it ran away um, when it found out accents are queer. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh well back in my the q day. word the fucking q word makes his first appearance on the podcast <laughs> well it is this a might come up in june man so LGBT you're fucked on this tq blt lbgq blt community yes it's in there 
So yeah. it's it's an okay word to use, but you know. by the way, friends, in case you're wondering, I don't care what you do in your own bedroom. And I have this is this is the sign that you really know you're good is if you say, I have plenty of gay friends. But I do, I seriously do. I don't give a shit. That's cool. That's awesome. Maybe if you're a weirdo, don't read to kids in school. That's that's kind of my problem. But that's just me. I could be I could be off base, but that's fine. We're uh we'll see. We're two for two right here. We made a racist joke and we made a gay joke. So we're we're two for two. What else can we get before we get like 30 minutes into the podcast? Um so anyways, about my accent. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I uh I've known plenty of people with accents, but uh it doesn't seem that prevalent around here. I think you gotta get out like West Texas, East Texas, and maybe down by the border. You know, so more isolated I know, communities, maybe. I know where you work. I, I honestly forgot because I'm drunk. But right when I think Central Texas, I think Austin, right, and I think liberals. Is that is that safe for Central Texas, or am I definitely not Austin no? for sure? Yeah, Austin okay. is like the okay. bane of every county's existence surrounding Austin. I would say, even the counties like next to Austin, like up. So my agency has like a pretty high turnaround rate uh, for various reasons. Um, we're super shorthanded right now. So uh, I work narcotics right now, but I'll be going to the road here shortly, maybe possibly. But uh, a lot of my friends have gone on to different agencies and talking to them about how their areas are working. Uh, they, they just really hate Travis County. They hate Austin. Um, they're just not... Uh, they just operate on a totally different level and it's like mind bottling just bottles the mind did you say bottles or boggles whichever one you think you heard <laughs> perfect so what you're telling me jake from state farm is that austin doesn't represent texas i would say definitely not i've met uh, a couple of guys from like austin pd um, and they don't even like working there for the most part. I'm uh, sure they love their prior chief, uh, Art Acevedo, big, big douche. Um, yeah, probably. He was a great guy. Super good dude. Um, <laughs> everybody loves him. He's yeah. well liked in the policing community. He's, That's uh, why he goes to so many agencies. Yeah, that is why. That is totally why. Let's take a step back here. Let's learn a little bit okay. more about Jake from State Farm. Why, why Jake, did you give up insurance to become a cop? Why do you? Why law enforcement for you? Um. Well, I'll take two steps back. Go. We'll start from the beginning. Is that I a Leonard Skinner up, reference? Yeah. Uh, no, but it definitely could be. Could be. Give me two steps, Mister. Yeah. 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 Great. Yeah, that's song. a good song. Anyway. Yeah. I interrupted you. Go ahead. Two steps back. Uh, yeah. So I grew up in Central Texas. Uh, my dad was uh, military. He retired from uh, the U.S. Army. He did like 22 years and some change. And growing up, I was like, man, that's awesome. I want to be high speed, low drag, just like my dad. But my mom said she would break both of my legs if I did that. And uh, I was like, man, big mama's boy. I can't do that to my mom can't join the military so like uh 
16, about 17 or 18 years old, I get hired on at the AGB. That's like a really big thing in Texas. What's AGB? Uh, it stands for the name of the owner, Howard, Howard Edward Butt, I think is his name. Uh, B-U-T-T. <laughs> um, but it's a it's a grocery store with uh, billions of dollars in revenue and their their purchase power is so massive that they actually keep Walmart prices in check and in mm. it's pretty exclusive to Texas I say I've never heard of it oh dude people don't leave Texas because of AGB like if you get down far enough south because we're not like in the Dallas area we're in Granbury um Plano, I think, just got their first one. And that's as far north as they've gone. They've gone east all the way as far as Beaumont. And they they moved in Louisiana for a little bit. And then that store didn't really work out logistically. I guess it was difficult to maintain. But uh, mm. yeah, people love HB. The prices are fantastic. It's just like the company as a whole is just incredibly intelligent. They pay really well for their workers. Uh, yeah. But great company. You, you should look it up. I'm I'm googling it right now. I I have a friend that lives in the uh, the Houston area, and I've I've kind of uh -huh. debated living or doing a a trip to the old Texas at some point, and that might be a stop because I I gotta go see go see Bucky's too. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Bucky's is yeah. is great. the The best thing about Bucky's is the bathroom. The bathrooms really? are the best. Can part. I jerk off? In yeah. There? Oh, awesome. probably. Yeah, you could. I mean, this is America. You could. Uh, the walls go all the way down in the bathrooms. The doors like are almost full size doors. They have hand hand sanitizer in every stall. Oh uh, yeah, they start playing music like that every time you walk in. The lights get real dim. Are there holes? otherwise called as glory holes in the Bucky's bathroom or no. I think they just called them surprise holes because you don't know what you're gonna get on the other side. <laughs> got it. Got it. Anyway, so H E B we're we're going off topic. Don't yeah don't sorry. let me ruin my own podcast. That is your gotcha, fucking gotcha. goal tonight. I'm this is my eighth drink. Your goal tonight is to keep me from embarrassing myself. And so far you said queer and I made a black joke. So we're not we're not off to a stellar start, so you need to keep me in check, okay? But go on. Tell me about – do you call it H-E-B or do you call it HEB? Uh, both, actually. Oh, yeah, okay. so I started working there. I uh, okay. I became a, a butcher, more so like in the uh, grocery line. It's like a meat cutter because you don't butcher the actual animals in the stores anymore. Mm, okay. um, but I did that for about three years, turned 21. Um Met, I had already met my wife by that point, and it was actually her idea. She said, it's not military, but it is paramilitary. You probably have a lot of fun. And uh, I applied, and I got, got hired with my agency uh, right at 21, and I've been doing it ever since. So this so. was your, your boss's idea. This wasn't even your idea. She was like, hey, I don't really want you in the house anymore, and I want you to work weird hours. Why don't you apply to be a cop? Yeah, yeah, where you'll work the same hours all the time, no matter what. Uh, <laughs> it's not dangerous. Um, <laughs> not at all. Not uh, at it, all. It definitely was her idea, but you know, I kind of took it and ran with it. Um, I, I really don't know what I would be doing 
if I didn't find law enforcement. Yeah, so I, I love you it. started at 21 and how many years on are you? I am on in June. It'll be 10. Okay. Wow. You messaged me. Oh, so to kind of take a step back to when we were first started recording, you'd mentioned that you had uh, reported me or you sent me a message. <laughs> you sent me a message early on. I'm just going to keep up all yeah. my errors because it's amazing. But you had uh, messaged me early on, and that was almost two years ago. And you said you had like eight years on and now like a decade on at this point. So yeah, let me ask you this, because I've had some younger guys on the podcast recently. What are your thoughts on starting at 21? Do you think you were mentally ready to be a cop at 21? Uh, definitely not. There's there's more to that. Um, so I was homeschooled. <laughs> oh, that explains so, everything. That's why does. you don't have an uh, accent. That, it's because you were homeschooled. Jesus, that okay. is correct. All right. Yes. You poor yeah. boy. Uh, yeah. Uh, hence my overly religious background that you didn't know about. Uh-oh. Um, I'm going to <laughs> cut down the GDs on this podcast. Okay. That is correct. Um, okay. No, I was I was homeschooled. And Texas, being homeschooled is a really weird thing, especially when I was growing up. I feel like the high schools now have a lot of really good programs, even even better programs than when uh, I would have gone. Um, but like when I was going through high school, I knew a lot of my friends were already getting like their associate's degree at like 16 years old. Um, mm. And then some of my friends, they were like uh, licking windows and stuff still. <laughs> uh, and you're probably wondering like, well, how did you have any friends? You were homeschooled um, in, in this particular area. There's, there's actually quite a few homeschoolers. Um, they uh, they kind of meet up once a week and the parents will put on their own classes for the kids. And it's just to get the kids to socialize and have that interaction with other kids. That way they don't lick windows 24 seven. Like there's one day out of the week where they're not doing that and they're not just being weird. Is that a state thing or is that not at all? That no, the, okay. The restrictions for schooling your kid at home in Texas are very, very loose. And like uh, if your parent just wants to take you out of school and teach you whatever they want, they can. So it can be pretty terrible in some cases. I've met some really uh, interesting kids and God knows they should not be being taught by their parents, but, uh, but there's no requirement for uh, the parents to like have the kids test every year, like uh, California, I think you have to take a test every year uh, to make sure that the kids are on par with state standards or something like that. So it's a chance uh, gives the kids a chance to be kind of ex excelling in every area because it's at your own pace, you know. Are you a Mormon? Uh, definitely not. <laughs> so that's Utah, isn't it? <laughs> By the way, anybody. I'm going to give away a fucking mug. If anybody knows where that sound clip come from, send me a message. I will give you a mug. Just saying. Do you know where the sound clip came from? I had you to play it one for more that time. One. Yeah, I'll play it one more time. It goes quick, though. Are you a Mormon? No, I have no idea. Kind of sounds like Kevin Spacey, though, doesn't it? Not Kevin Spacey. Not Kevin Spacey. Yeah. So I, I would hope one person out of my listenership 
gets that reference and knows where it comes from. Yeah. So, somebody's... so there was over... a guy, I, I was going to say there was a guy on my department and, and I'm, I'm, I'm very politely. And I mean, this the most respectful way. Yeah. Kind of, but we were like, huh, this guy's kind of a little, little weird. And then we found out he's homeschooled. And we're like, Oh yeah, oh, definitely. Oh yeah. You don't give it me the is. homeschool vibes though. You don't give me homeschool uh, vibes. Yeah, I don't know if that's because I have like uh, at this point I've been doing you know I've been doing law enforcement for ten years so maybe that's why. Yeah. Um, but when I first started, I uh, I really had to mimic those around me, especially in field training. I would see how someone would deal with the situation, and I would just try to mimic their behavior and make you know whatever worked mine. And uh, eventually, that it made me very successful. Um, so I, I really was like a hands-on learner in terms of dealing with people because I didn't have a lot of life experience when it came to dealing with, you know, shitheads, essentially. Uh, I, the majority of the people I've ever dealt with prior to 21 were very nice people. Even the customer service uh, from 18 to 21 working at HEB and like we had some like asshole customers, but the worst they were going to do is like leave the store. <laughs> You know, <laughs> all I did was sat in a cooler and cut meat all day or sat in a cooler and played with meat all day. <laughs> you made the joke for me and I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so I didn't, you, I didn't feel I don't prepared be, at all. I was going to say, I don't want to be weird about this, but I feel like we owe your mom a lot of credit because there's a lot of homeschool guys that are fucking weird, but you're not. At, at, and the jury's still out. I mean, we're what twenty minutes into this podcast. You might be a fucking raging weirdo. Yeah, probably. but at this point, I don't. I don't think you are, man. You don't have that that homeschool vibe to you. So I think your mom deserves a lot of credit. I I would definitely give kudos to my mom. So thanks, mom. You're a good woman. Do you? She's a good woman. Do you know why she chose to homeschool you? Can we get into that? Is that or is that too personal? Yeah. No, uh, honestly, it sounds a little, uh, uh, essentially I went to a, uh, a private school up until about second grade in my class, there were like 10 or 12 students. Cause it was a private school. And the reason it was a private school is because they, they taught like, uh, faith-based, um, curriculums as well. So my parents wanted that. And my, my mom grew up in this area. And she didn't want me going to the same school she went to. Uh, she didn't like it. So one of the kids in my class failed. And she thought that was ridiculous because they were only like 12 fucking kids. Like you can't teach 12 kids. So she said she could do it better herself. And she took her kids out of school and she said, I'm going to do it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. My, and my mom's fairly uh, educated, educated. She's been a registered nurse for 30 plus years at this point. So it's not like she uh, just decided to take her kids out of school and had no idea what she was doing. She, she'd been in school. She has her, she has her master's at this point. So. I, I don't know why, but I just imagine your mom looking like Reba McIntyre at all. Any bit? No. Yeah. I would, I would say no, but okay. you can keep that image in your head. 
Okay, that's what I'm just gonna imagine your mom looking like. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's okay. Because she's a survivor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be here all night, folks. Tip your waitress. So, I I'm interested in um, not to pick on this a little bit. I'm curious, and I. I think because I'm drunk, I'm just going to ask this the way I'm going to ask it, and I apologize for it ahead of yeah. time, so that means it's okay. Mm-hmm. Being in law enforcement and being a man of faith, seeing what you've seen on the job, has it made you lose your faith? Oh, so I lost my faith like way before that. Uh, I wouldn't even oh, call okay. myself a man of faith. Yeah, I just had a well, fairly you, religious you background. Of... Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. Uh, most, most homeschool kids like that they are they're like really really religious so that's why i made that joke um, oh i think yeah, it, it went yeah. right over my head yeah um here i was thinking i, I so asked a spicy too. question yeah no not at all um no i don't I'm, I'm not i'm not really religious at all i just i know a lot about religion uh spe- specifically like christianity because i grew up quite a bit with it but no um We'll see if uh, there's a hell when I die, but otherwise. Is, is Reba upset that you're not um, religious still? I don't know. Um, she doesn't talk about it. Uh, she never brings it up. She's like a very like reserved religious person. So she doesn't like throw it in your face? Definitely not. Kind of no, thing. she doesn't even take from State, State, Farm. State Farm. Are you going to church? <laughs> <laughs> You know, uh, I feel like I I don't think my dad was very disappointed when I left the job. I think he understood and he was very understanding of it. I think my yeah. dad is more upset with the fact that I don't go to church still. And none of his boys are good Catholics. We are awful, awful Catholics. I mean, like my one of my favorite bands is fucking Ghost, for God's sake. Right. And, and you probably use condoms. Uh, No. No condoms ever. Condoms are for fucking oh. sailors. No. Well, condoms you're, are stupid. You're like a pretty good Catholic. I have four kids. I mean, like, seriously. Yeah. See, you're doing you're doing pretty good. Yeah. Condoms are for losers. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We, not, need to, we, need to, we need to get focused here, man. You are making me lose focus. You you you've been fucking up. All right. Okay, okay, okay. okay Settle okay, down okay. a little bit, okay? Right. Yeah. Stop stop uh, fucking being well spoken, all right? Let's you talk were, about were, yeah. You were asking me about let's talk about being policing. on the job. Being yeah. on the job. I, I I've been meaning to ask this more, and I and I probably should, but being a cop, like new new right at twenty one, and now you've been on for a decade, so you got a little time in. But was the job everything you thought it was when you got into it, or did it turn out being completely different? from what you assumed or some of both oh man <laughs> i went in a, a very uh I've, I've always been a pretty positive guy and um i i hate to be that guy but i really did get like into the job thinking man i'm gonna get to help so many people um but my very first couple of days in field training i was thinking i don't know what the fuck i got myself into um and then probably a couple months in i was thinking you know it's not what i thought but i absolutely love it uh and honestly 
in field training, I knew that I was going to have a good time as long as I could pass field training. Cause I was worried about that. You know, I had, I had some really good field training officers. Hello. Dude, I fucking muted myself. I'm the worst guest or host ever. I was going <laughs> to, I, I was like, why isn't he answering my fucking question? Yeah. Uh, can you tell the millions of listeners what assignment you're in right now? Yeah, right now I work in the organized crime unit for my agency. Um, it could be just narcotics. Um, I, I work at a, a small to mid-sized apartment, so they kind of throw in all narcotics, all gang stuff. Um, not so much violent crimes, that's more for detectives, but if there's a gang element to it, they'll call me out as well. Um, yeah, that's, that's my job for the last two years. My predecessor, uh, before I took his spot, um, they did it for 15 years. So I've got some decent shoes to fill. Um, there's supposed to be multiple people staffed in the position right now, but I am the only one. <laughs> so I, I am the only narc at our agency. What's what's going on in Central Texas as far as the uh, the drug game is going? Are you guys, are you guys um, meth kind of area? You got the fentanyl going on. What's what's the yeah. uh, the drug of choice out there? So traditionally, it's been meth, uh, weed, and then meth, and then they'll change it up sometimes, and they'll go with meth. Um, but last two years specifically, we have seen a very large increase in fentanyl. Um, specifically those uh, counterfeit oxycodones. Um, but they're just, they're so rampant in Austin. It was kind of like a, a matter of time. We have a really good uh, trickle effect from whatever the trend of the really large neighboring cities are. So um, we've been seeing a pretty good uptick in the fentanyl overdoses, uh, arcane deployments, uh, haven't gotten any straight powder fentanyl. I've heard of it being in this area. There's some county guys that do uh, the same work as I do. Um, they said that they've seen it, but they haven't shown me any pictures or anything. So I don't know if I can believe them. Um, you think they're just lying about it? ACAB, right? Fuck them, Bill. Some guys. <laughs> yeah, fucking deputies. Hey, go herd some cattle. <laughs> yeah, go herd some fucking some fucking cattle. One of one of my really good. He's a. Uh, he just promoted out of their narcotics and he was only there for like a fucking year. And I was so excited. I was like, man, being this guy, it's like having a partner in my own agency. Cause he works in this County and you know, we don't actually have to staff it. And then he fucking promoted. Now he doesn't do shit. That's, so, that's usually yeah. how promotions work. Yeah. 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 It's, Honestly. It's, yeah. But uh, yeah, he, I don't know. Um, I, I trust that they've probably seen it. They haven't seen very much of it. Um, we do get heroin on occasion. Uh, most of our heroin now is being cut with fentanyl. So it's just like, it's, it's, it's everywhere. We're probably five, six years behind the trend of everyone else, but we're finally getting. I, I ran into where I worked. I, w I don't want to say quite a bit of heroin, but it seemed like, I made a joke on a podcast not too long ago where, and, and the joke is true. Every time I hit a shoplifter at Target on the certain side of town, every fucking time they had fucking heroin in their fucking sock without fail. 
Yeah. Um, we didn't, I, and maybe it's just when I left, cause I left, um, very early in 21. I never came across fentanyl, but apparently that's, that's all the rage now. All the kids are big on that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and probably something to the, the people stealing stuff, having heroin, I, I would say opiates affect the people, uh, addicted to them much stronger than methamphetamine. Like meth heads, they're definitely go out and steal shit, but they, they don't need that fix so bad because they're starting to hurt that they they're just going to go, you know, steal a bunch of socks from Walmart and try to sell those, you know? All right. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back to the podcast. I want to talk to you guys about my friends over at V development group, longtime supporters and sponsors of the poorly made police podcast. And they've got all kinds of great stuff, specifically medical gear. Are you in the market for a new tourniquet? Perhaps the ratcheting medical tourniquet? Do you need a trauma kit? They've got those. Or do you just need to replenish your medical kit? They've got all the supplies. They've got shears. They've got gauze. They've got carriers. They've got chest seals. They've got what you're looking for to replenish your gear. Again, that's my good friends over at The Development Group. Check them out on Facebook and Instagram. And go to their website, vdev.group. V-D-E-V dot G-R-O-U-P. And make sure you use code PMPM for a discount. Now, back to the podcast. So let's talk about Texas specifically, because I feel like Texas is kind of, and I don't know if it's true in your area or not, but are you guys suffering? Maybe suffering is the wrong word, but are you guys getting an influx of a lot of people coming to the area? Uh, yeah, specifically, um, our real estate market right now is really being jacked with by California investors and people from California just moving over here because the cost of a residence in California, three to 500,000, whatever that may get you would get you like a five to $800,000 house over here. Thanks uh, a lot, Bin Laden. Yeah. <laughs> So they're, they're selling their houses over there for really high, and then they're buying cash value for whatever they want over here. Um, my buddy at the agency, he's, a, he's wanting to make an investment property, and he's attempted to buy several properties, and all three of them so far that he's attempted to buy have been bought out with cash from California investors. And that's either private party or some sort of real estate company based out of California. It's just really weird. But uh, yeah, they can stay over there, man. I don't, I don't care for Californians. I've met a lot of them; they're really nice. But in general, they can stay over there. I'm curious. Well, all right. So you kind of alluded to that a little bit, but the people from California moving, and I know people from California. I know all the people from California. They're great people. Not really. Some of them suck, <laughs> but a lot of the people that I interact with from California probably based on, you know, similar life experiences probably have similar thoughts and opinions as I do. Are the people moving from California? Are they, they like-minded people, I guess to say it, or are you kind of dealing with different ways of thinking that are affecting the state of Texas negatively? For my personal interactions, I would say, no, I have not met anyone who's uh 
kind of added some friction to our local values. Um, most every person that I've met that has moved from California, we, we're, we have a very large military population. Um, so our community as a whole uh, in this area, even as if you think uh, Central Texas as a whole, Fort Hood is in the very middle of uh, kind of that area or Fort Cavazos now. And uh, so military population as a whole is really dense here. And I would say uh, our population is really transient in general. So I've met a lot of people from California. They, they don't seem to have any like uh, traditional values that are so far left that it's like causing friction here. So I would, I would say in the short, no, definitely not. I'm super curious, and I think the next election is going to show us, not to get political, because we obviously have never done that ever on this podcast, but I would be yeah, really huh. curious if Texas turns blue. I don't know. It's definitely possible. Uh, the population density in the, you know, Austin, Dallas, San Antonio, Houston. Uh, you know, I'm not really big into voting. I voted the last couple of elections, but that's about it. So you need to make sure that you're voting, good sir. Because if things change, I'm going to blame you specifically. Yeah, and what's problem. worse is I, I'm really terrible about voting in our local elections and staying up to date on that. And that's really where it matters specifically to me because I live in the city that I work. And I have yet to do that in the last 10 years, I'd say. I I get the sense in Texas, and you tell me if I'm wrong. Do a lot of agencies have take home cars? Do you guys? Yeah, have? yeah. From from what I've seen, absolutely. Um, Do you guys ever run into an issue with people? Like everybody in town knows where you live, I assume, right? Uh, not not so much me. I I drive a unmarked when I uh, come home. I, I I have an unmarked uh assigned unit. Um. But we have had a couple of incidents where uh, years ago, back when I first got hired, uh, some really well-known burglars uh, broke into one of our detectives' uh, houses because they knew him from high school. And uh, yeah, and he worked a case where they had broke into a bunch of shit and he followed on them. He, he got them. So they were pissed off. So they broke into his house. <laughs> They, they were like leaving just as he showed up and uh, they ended up getting arrested for that shit too. But uh, yeah, there's been like few and far be uh, between there's, there's been a couple of incidents where, you know, people are like, well, that's a cop car. Fuck them. Or just a couple of kids really like spray paint some shit or something. You know, fuck the police. Fuck 12. Fuck 12. Fuck 12. Yeah. 12. So my, I have a friend that that moved to Texas. I've alluded to several times on this podcast over the last couple of years. And I know they have take-home cars. And I was like, where I worked, there's no fucking way I'd want a take-home car. I'd be like, no, I'll just fucking come and get it. I don't want fucking people knowing where my car is. It's It's really like a foreign concept to me and I feel like it kind of puts your tar a target on your back but 
I assume in Texas is maybe just a little different, right? Where, yeah, the danger is always there, but for the most part, you, and you tell me if I'm wrong, do people support cops more in Texas, do you feel? I would say in, I, like I said, our, our area is uh, really, really diverse and very transient. So we're always getting newer people because of the military population. And we've always been supported by our community but even just a, a city or two over uh, you'll find some people that aren't super police friendly um i definitely agree with you i've never opted for the take-home program uh, our, my agency has one and i could have applied for it but i said fuck that i'm not <laughs> i'm not putting that shit at my house then but I, I was also a very proactive officer on the road too. I, uh, I, I made a lot of proactive stops. I, I tried to work narcotics on the street. Um, the peak of my career was actually only like three or four years off of the road. Uh, me and my buddy, he was, uh, he's really big into the gym and uh, he's pretty swole. And at the time I was rocking just a mustache and um we had made our name for ourselves on our streets uh, so much so that the drug users were talking amongst themselves and they didn't, they couldn't remember our names, but they knew porn stash and his buff motherfucking brother. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> another officer had, had pulled over one of our local drug users and they're like, Oh my God, I, it's just you. I, I thought it was fucking porn stash and his buff motherfucking brother. And I'm like, porn stash who the fuck are you talking about and then they said my name and uh yeah so that was the peak of my career i should have retired then but i didn't i thought i could you know do something better the coolest thing i've ever done was probably oh i don't know a week out of fto and i thought that was just like an everyday thing you truly don't know when you peak yeah yeah it you could don't happen know your first shift it could happen yeah. the last day of your career you just you don't know what the pinnacle moment of your career is going to be so <laughs> yeah just just take advantage of all that yeah when Did the uh miss... no go ahead go ahead when when the street like the the like the street users they gave us our own nickname that was the peak for sure i don't know that i'll ever get better than that do you miss patrol um, kind of, uh, I mean, I, I absolutely love working patrol. I just have, I have really big ideals for my position. Uh, I just want to see it fully staffed really. And, and I feel like I have a, uh, an expiration date on my position. Like I said, the, the guy that was in my position before me, he was there for 15 years and, um, my current chief probably doesn't want to repeat that because we're like a small to mid-sized agency. It doesn't create a lot of uh, information flow among, among patrol and, uh, you know, rotating that leadership out of that position. Um, so I'll probably promote out of that in the next couple of years when we have another lieutenant retire. Um, we have to, we have to be a sergeant for the position at this time. Uh, so it's not just like a, you get transferred as an officer, you actually have to promote to go over there. Um, prior to working narcotics, I was a patrol supervisor for about 
uh, five years. Um, and I absolutely love working the road. Um, that's, that's where my passion is. And I feel like the true test of any officer's abilities are, are met there. So you were a patrol guy for about three, four years before you promoted to a Sarge? Uh, three years. Yeah. So you yeah. promoted pretty damn young. Do you feel like you were ready to promote? Um, no. And uh, <laughs> to be honest, I appreciate the honesty. <laughs> yeah. To, to be honest, uh, I passed the test. There's a written exam. There's a bunch of stuff that we do in house and I did really well. Um, and even though I did really well, a lot of the higher ups did not think I was ready. Um, but it was kind of like, uh, day one as a supervisor, I had, you know, just flipped a page and they're like, Oh shit, I guess he was ready. I, I, I had surprised them how well I was doing. So they think I do a good job for some reason. I don't know why. Um, I wouldn't trust me supervising a bunch of guys, but whatever. It's because Reba, Reba taught you well. <laughs> Probably. She set you up yeah. for success. You know, I had the highest SAT scores in my class. Really? Yeah. In class, uh, I was in my only class, so. <laughs> I can't believe how long it took me to get that joke. <laughs> Damn. I'm embarrassed for myself. I feel like I need to apologize for my my spawn. <laughs> how fucking dumb I am! I'll uh, I'll I'll do you one better. Uh, if you pay attention to this one, okay. Every day, right, my right. mom would come in and she would put like the joke of the day on the the class like a marker board. Uh, and unfortunately, it was just my fucking picture. Hey! <laughs> ah, yeah. Hey. Hey. So. Hopefully you weren't in one of those scenarios where like, you know, the kid is sleeping with his teacher because that, you know, usually a little boy, you know, he's like right. 13 yeah. and he's fucking a, yeah. a 30 year old. It's like, let's give him a medal. <laughs> but in your case, that would be like incest. So that would be not yeah. good. Look, you do whatever you got to do to get those fucking grades. Okay. You don't let the man hold you down. But you'll let your mom hold you down. I'm just saying, do whatever you got to do to get those grades, okay? That, that that high school diploma that she prints off is worth it. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, that'd be super fucked up. There's There's been some, like, kids that, like, some homeschooled kids, you fucking wonder. Uh, oof, oof, that's not, let's, let's, let's get away from that topic. That's, yeah. that's not cool. Um, yeah. All right, so I'm going to use you as kind of a case study. What are some problems that you ran into as a young supervisor, I assume for guys that had years on you as far as police experience. Oh yeah. Go. Did you yeah. have any issues with that? You want to tell us about that? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was supervising officers with 19, 20 years of experience, you know, and they were just, they were just working the road. You know, they, they didn't really have any aspirations. Like I said, we have big military populations. So, a lot of retired military guys go get a second career, you know, work another 15 and dip out or whatever. Um, but it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be because uh, I expected the same thing. Like, why would I listen to this sergeant three years on the road when he's telling me to do something? But for the most part, I didn't, I really didn't have any issues, probably because I didn't make any dumbass decisions. 
but um but if you know they recommended something and i like the sound of it i would say yeah let's do that that works i'm you know, i don't care <laughs> whatever gets the job done it's is fine by me as long as it gets done and as long as at the end of the day we're not writing letters to chief i'm I'm fucking fine with it and really like as a first line supervisor the only thing i wanted my guys to do was just go out and do their jobs be proactive and however i could accommodate that is what i wanted to do It, it was like a really sad time for me because i couldn't make arrests like i like i used to but I would, I would try and neglect my administrative duties a little bit, but, um, but I tried to facilitate that for the guys. And I think they why appreciated did, that. Why did you choose to test? Um, sometimes the best reason to test is to promote over the guy you don't want to work for. Ooh, I like that. I'm a yeah. fan of that. Yeah, there was, uh, and a sad thing is he, uh, he ended up getting promoted later. He was a he was a special guy, man. Fucking uh, yeah. Uh, we'll just call him uh, an angel because he was as sweet as an angel. Um, he was he wanted to promote, and he was in that mindset of "you're gonna do what I say because I said to do it," and even if it didn't make any fucking sense. That's and he was. That's really the best leaders, though. The guys that yeah. treat people like little kids. <laughs> yeah, especially those when people like instill trust. Themselves. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Those people instill yeah. trust in their their people. No, I, I get that. And that's that's people had a point sometimes too, and, and you have that point correct too, is okay, me or the other guy? And you're like, Well, you're only three years on the job, but you're you don't have downs. And correct. So, yeah. so maybe I want you instead. Right. And I I knew for sure I could do a better job than that guy. And I did. I beat him out. Uh, He did get hired later on and uh, he promoted. And um, are you guys in a promotional war now? Are you now you have to promote over him? No, he's um, he's left. He he went to go work for Border Patrol, actually. Okay. so, yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't envy that either. It's fucking hot down there. I would not like to do that. So I, I like to ask this and I I'll say it again, I've said it before, but I don't want to dwell on the past, but I, I think just for this to document this time in, in history, I'm curious what your experience was. Pre Ferguson, post Ferguson, and then that kind of that period between Ferguson and George Floyd, like how much did the job change for you? Um, I definitely, uh, so I wasn't, so pre Ferguson, I got hired in 2013. Um, so I had about a, maybe nine months, 12 months on the road where I was like by myself after field training and everything. And I definitely, it was, it was weird because I noticed a difference in kids. I would work like overtime at one of our theaters and uh, these kids were waiting for their parents out on the, the corner of the theater. So I just went out there to shoot the shit with them. Thought I'd talk to them, you know, kids love cops. I thought, <laughs> and they're like, are you going to shoot us? 
<laughs> like what? Hands up, don't shoot. <laughs> yeah, I was I was like, what? Why would I shoot you? And the the kid was like, well, my mom said you're the police. You shoot black people. Like, well, I've never shot any black people. Uh, I definitely don't plan to start with some kids on the the corner of a theater. But uh, now that's yeah. So I I, I started to notice the difference. Uh, we would have some people get a little more uh, combative than usual um, and, you know, allege that we were just profiling them at like two, three o'clock in the morning. They were like, you just stopped me because of my the color of my skin. I'm like, ma'am, I, I can't even see into your car at, at this time of night. I don't, I don't know what you want from me. Can we uh, talk about that a little bit? Yeah. That, and I'm surprised that's never come up on this podcast, but I hear that sh- shit too. And I'm like, same thing as you. It's fucking dark outside. You have tinted windows. I have no fucking idea who's in the car. Even Absolutely. during the day, if I'm behind somebody and just like running tags or, you know, you do whatever. If you blow a stop sign in front of me, I probably can't tell the fucking ethnicity of a driver. It's fucking ridiculous. Oh, yeah. That whole Especially idea like of some... you saw me and you pulled me over because I was X, Y, Z. Yeah, Bitch, especially... I can't see in the fucking car. I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah. Especially like working highway speeds, you know, you're like, you catch someone speeding 80, 90 miles an hour. You have, you, you, you're just trying to make, get a vehicle make and model just in case it runs from you. And, and you have no idea who's actually driving it until you get up to it. So I, I've, I've encountered that quite a bit. Yeah. It just, that shit just, just fucking gets old. It's like, you pulled me over because of this. And it's like, motherfucker, you blew through a stop sign at 60 miles per hour. Yeah. Some, Let sometimes me tell I you would about ask how them, I pulled you over because of that. Sometimes I would ask, well, you just stopped me uh, because you're looking for something. I was like, why? I would ask them, why do you think you're that special? I'm, I'm not looking for you unless I should be. And uh, it, it kind of took offense to that. Like, why i don't really care about you you just ran this stop sign in front of me that's that's my only care right now um, I, I had to be careful on some of those what <laughs> was um what was george floyd time like in central texas i assume and knowing you're we'll just put it out there not that there's not a million other agencies in texas but you're not an austin cop and i know austin's off the rails and i would love to talk to an austin cop so if anybody from austin once they come on the podcast, you were more than welcome. But besides the uh, besides Austin and all the wildness going on there, the uh, the Republic of Austin in yeah. Central Texas, what was George Floyd time like for you guys? Were you were you in a sergeant? Well, you were in a sergeant position. Were you in the narc position when I was. that started? Um, no, I was. Uh, what year was that? Twenty twenty. Sorry, COVID kind of made everything like it's kind of like the blip, right? With the the Marvel universe now. It's just I everyone kind of forgot about the last. Okay, good. Um, uh, I was a sergeant. I wasn't in narcotics. Uh, it really wasn't that bad. We had a couple of like very. It was like actual protests where people just kind of showed up where they were. They said they were going to be like on the street, and they held some signs and. We went out and asked if they wanted any water and they said, no, we're good. And then we left. That was, that was it. 
we we had it very very easy uh now um small the, the majority of texas agencies um, aside from your really big cities they have part-time SWAT teams uh, so i'm on the part-time SWAT team so we did have like some training for riot control and had to make sure that we had enough like uh exterior gases and stuff like that in case something popped off but yeah we were kind of fucking worried that something might and we were kind of surprised nothing like we just had a couple of little get-togethers protesting black lives matter and that was it they didn't even really have any issues with us they didn't even protest at the pd or nothing this is a very general question but would you say the job is dead in Texas or is everything just fine in Texas? I would say it's dead in some areas, probably Austin. <laughs> uh, and, and I don't know. I've talked to some guys in like classes and passing and they, they seem dead to me, like on the inside, just they have like no soul in their eyes. Um, but for the most part, uh, at least in my area, we can still do proactive work. We can do uh, uh you know, traffic stops, just getting PC, trying to investigate further. Um, I wouldn't say it's dead in our area, but it's it's definitely working its way there, I would say. Uh, there, There's just this, I would say Austin slash Travis County is having such an impact on crime being exported from its area that it's very hard to work backwards towards Austin. Uh, and you know, criminals aren't retarded. They know that they, uh, they know that they're safe in this area. So they tend to operate a large majority of them will operate regarding narcotics. At least they'll operate down there. And instead of bringing their business outside of that area, um, uh, they just kind of stay in that honey hole. And it's very difficult to work with that prosecutor's office. Um, I haven't had any success at this moment, but. So hold on a second. I'm pretty sure all these drug dealers are just misunderstood. And I think you should check your privilege, man. They're just trying <laughs> to make a living. I mean, that is, that is on, a potential. Yeah, 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 probably. Uh, I mean, they're just trying to sell their shit, man. Fucking. <laughs> Leave them alone, dude. They're just. They're guys and gals. Leave that the have... dealers alone. <laughs> I got, also got that reference. Well done. Yeah. Unfortunately, I I don't uh I don't remember anything useful. I just stock my brain full of like memes and <laughs> movie references. So yeah, that's that's yeah. essentially. I think we just became best friends because I just I have yeah. well. Here's the thing: is people make fun of me all the time about I don't watch any movies. And, and to be fair, there's some movies I need to watch, and I, I kind of watch the same things. But right. what I do watch, I stockpile with pop culture references, and it's cheeky and fun, I believe. So fuck off, okay? Fuck you, Sipowitz, yeah. okay? By the way, can you tell, um, pronounce that, by the way? Can you pronounce Sipowitz? I can now, but at the time when I was referencing it, uh, I couldn't. It was uh, Sisyphus. The Sisyphus? Sipowitz? I have it now. Yeah. Yeah. 
Just call shout him out. Uh, uh, the Sussusus. Yeah, shout out to Sussusus for being a good dude. <laughs> yeah. Let's do uh, this. I do. I do recall earlier podcasts that there were some movies that you didn't watch. One thing that I think is kind of weird: most cops that most cops that I have interaction with, regardless of agency and area, at least in Texas, they're all like big fans of Adam Sandler movies. <laughs> and I'm not not a fan of Adam Sandler movies. I just think it's a weird thing that most cops love like. Big Daddy, uh, Mr. Deeds, Happy I Gilmore. I wipe my own ass. I wipe my own it, ass. Exactly. Yeah. Like you could reference any of those movies, and they're just gonna fucking they're they're gonna know exactly what you're talking about. If you need an icebreaker, just just ask the the ball. Why wouldn't it go to its home? Go to your home, ball. Go to your home. My academy. The big reference point was not Adam Sandler, but it was Dumb and Dumber. Okay. Okay. There was a lot of dumber dumber references, such as you mean to tell me you had two gloves this entire time? Well, yeah, <laughs> it's the Rockies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a lot nice. of dumber dumber references. I could see I, that. Yeah. I just, I just feel like there's some movies for people our age. And I know you're a little younger than me, but I, I think there's just movies all of us have seen. We've all seen. Most of the classic Will Ferrells, you know, we've seen Step Brothers, we've seen other guys, we've seen Dumb and Dumber, we've seen most of Adam Sandler's catalog, and there's a lot of fantastic meme references from those movies. That's true. Yeah, that's 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 true. That's a good point. But have you seen Hot Rod? Okay, Andy Sandberg. Hot Rod is a fucking classic. Okay. Yeah. Like it's classic. Well, why do you say that? Like, that's like not the opinion of some people. I don't know. It's a really dumb movie. I mean, to be honest, yeah, it's yeah super for dumb, sure. But yeah. it had the uh, it had the guy from Eastbound and Down before he got really big. Yeah. Um, Andy Sandberg, I think, pre um, Brooklyn Nine Nine, which Brooklyn Nine Nine was a really good show until it kind of got you know a little kind of yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I I'm a I'm a big fan of Andy Sandberg. Um, I also I Same. love what the hell's the redhead? I love her so much. Uh, Isla Fisher. Isla, Isla Fisher. Fisher. I love her. Yeah. I love her. Um, oh, and Bill Hader. Yeah, yeah. Bill Hader's great. Um, isn't Isla Fisher married to uh, Borat? I think she is. Um, I think she is. Uh, I'm almost like ninety percent sure she's yeah, married. Yeah, it Borat. is Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah. Very nice. How much? Yeah, very nice. Wow. Good and everybody's seen that movie too. I just, I feel like those are very easy movies to just kind of quote. By the way, speaking of Hot Rod, and I know not everybody loves my movie references, but my boy, he can't beat me at anything. And I get it. He's 13 and I'm a grown man, but I call him Hot Rod. Like whenever we wrestle, I'm like, fucking Hot Rod, you can't beat me up. And he's seen that movie, <laughs> so he gets the reference. Nice. So someday, yes. someday he'll beat me. But if you I will beat your Hot ass. Rod, it's just no going into the movie what to expect. It's not, it's not the Godfather. I mean, it's not um, a classic movie. But if you go into it with low expectations, you won't be disappointed. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of my I, favorite movies. It is. I remember watching that movie. 
with some of the guys. Um, these are actually guys I was in a band with in high school, and we watched at one of my buddy's houses in college, like post-band, early 20s. We were all having a good time, and we watched that movie at like 3 in the morning, and we were fucking crying laughing. It's great. Yeah, and well, what's uh, I hadn't heard about it. I think I got it from a Redbox. And that's dating yourself. Nobody around. does Redbox anymore. Are they even around? Are Redboxes even around anymore? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're around. Yeah, in oh. my area. I don't know if they were around 2007. Maybe it was like a a Hollywood video or something. Fun fact: Miss PMPM worked at Hollywood Video. What? Yeah, nice. yeah, it's true. True story. Oh, so she got you the discounts. We have a lot of move. We actually. All right, story time. We bought a lot of movies because, you know, when Hollywood video shut down or, you know, we could buy old rentals and you got a pretty good deal on them. But then everything went to streaming and we're like, you know what? We we've been moving these movies around forever. Let's get rid of a bunch. We kept we kept the classics, right? We kept Star Wars. We kept, you know, uh, Tropic Thunder, you know, the classics, right? And now there's been several times where I wanted to go watch a movie knowing I used to own that movie. But since I got rid of it, I have to pay Amazon to watch that movie. It's very cruel. That's kind of fucked up. Yeah. You should have kept those movies. What the fuck were you thinking? I didn't want to move them around anymore, man. I moved so many movies. Well, here's one. Here's one we just ran into. My kid's teacher is like a Nazi about reading, which I guess is kind of her job. But in what fashion? Like, is she burning the books or putting them in no, ovens? Oh, like just making the kids read. Jesus oh, okay. Christ. Wow. She, that was good. That was good. Um, is she making the kids read in ovens? <laughs> number three. Number three, folks. Um, <laughs> oh, she just makes the kids read. There's no, there's no um, genocide involved. But nice. my kid ran out of books to read, and I'm like, "Fuck! We just got rid of a bunch of fucking books because we got tired of moving them around, and I had to mm. buy a book." It's just ridiculous, ridiculous. Yeah, you know, I don't. Uh, I could probably count on one hand how many books I've read out of leisure. What a loser! I've read, yeah, I've read plenty of books like for school and stuff. School's for nerds, but. Yeah, you know, I've I've had to do it on occasion. Um, Did everybody have to read? Um, oh, where the red fern grows. Everybody read that book, right? Yeah, sure. Everyone's read that book. I've I've I know that book. Little, what was it? Little Dan and Little Anne. Rest in peace. I I, I lied. I don't know that book. I never read that. What? Book. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> my uh, oh, my mom never made me read read that book. Are you Mormon? I'm I'm not a Mormon. I'm not. Okay. Hey, buddy. Uh, wait, real quick. I have a I question. Okay, go ahead. Can I grab an alcoholic beverage real quick? Do whatever you want. Oh, grab cool. an alcoholic okay. beverage, take a piss, whatever you got to do. All right, I'll I'll be right back. Perfect. And then probably a word from our sponsors. I am a very strong physique. I can do goat very easy in a less than minute finger in anus. In the US and a, very rich people like to drink a wine. It is like a Kazaki wine, but not made from fermented horse's urine.
And on weekends, uh, travel to capital city and watch the ladies while they make a toilet. USA, greatest country in the world. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back to the podcast. Oh, hey there. It's me. I just want to let you guys know about something. On my link tree, I have links to all your favorite poorly made things. I'm going to have a link specifically to the coins and patches with Ghost Patch, my merch with Spring, and a couple other things. We're going to have Fit Responder on there. We're going to have Officer Privacy on there. And of course, we're going to have RTI Training. If you're going to go sign up for class through RTI Training, use the link in my link tree and it helps me out a little bit and they know that I sent you. Check out my link tree for all things poorly made. I'll be updating it as new things come up. Going forward, the link should be on the description of every podcast. And of course, uh, find it on my profile on Facebook and Instagram under Poorly Made Police Memes. Now, back to the podcast. All right, I'm back. Welcome back. Well, since you're back, are you ready to do the officer of the podcast? Absolutely. Let's see the officer of the podcast. So as you guys know, my good buddies over at Ghost Patch, they have made some fantastic patches for officers of the podcast. What is the officer of the podcast? If you just happen to be listening to this for the first time, the officer of the podcast is a person that deserves recognition through their department and they're not getting it. Or maybe they've got it and they need more recognition because they're so fucking badass. So nominate your buddies, poorly made police memes at gmail.com or DM me on poorly made police memes on Facebook and Instagram. If they win, I will read the nomination. So small words, kids, because I read poorly and I will read it poorly on the podcast and I will send them out via snail mail, a wonderful patch made by ghost patch. Obviously, you chanks the ghost patch. Make sure you're checking those guys out. They have all kinds of good stuff, and they are the official home of all the poorly made police memes, coins, and patches. Lloyd, this is an odd one. I'd like to nominate my former chief. I only got to him. I only got to work for him for a little over a year, but in that time, I saw him get his bullshit admin work done and still cover shifts during the early days of baloney. He covered. For three of us who were infected, he fights for his officers and believes in good outside training. He is always willing to take time to listen to complaints and problems and will do his best to come up with solutions. I changed duty stations three years ago, and he will still pick up the phone whenever I call. Of course, no good chief gets recognized for taking care of their officers. Therefore, I am submitting him for officer of the podcast. Does nice. this chief deserve air horns, applause, or a T-Rex? I would say T-Rex. T-Rex is always a safe bet. Yeah. Because he's the big chief. Of he's a the big probably chief. small agency. Yeah. Well done. So nice. So what, so what, Jake, what were you gonna yeah, what were you gonna ask? I don't remember. I'm you know what? Here's what we're gonna do. We're going to flip the script a little bit. I don't know where we're at. I'm drunk. I have no long. I have no idea how long it's been. Yes. No long. But it's have I. words. But yes. it is your time to shine. The new segment on the podcast is I am the poorly made police genie. <laughs> I give you three wishes. You may ask me three questions. 
Okay. Go. I have three questions lined up, but okay. also I had some just really observations slash statements, stuff that I like about the podcast. I wanted Go to share. It. Go for it. I'm here for you. Um. Also, first, I'm going to say that my alcoholic beverage is a truly, and if you haven't had one, it's fucking delicious. No, they're good. They're actually good. They're, they're so good, but yeah, you definitely lose the main card when you buy them. I'm, um, I'm a little embarrassed that I have this thing that I've been really into lately, and that's the Mountain Dew Live Wire alcoholic beverage. I haven't and had I like it. The, the orange one. It doesn't come in the pack, but the orange one you can buy. If yeah. you come across it, it's fucking delicious. That's what no, I've so been good. drinking. I also have a, a lemon vodka mixed with the cola that I'm drinking because two mm. hands are better than one, right? Uh, for most of the time, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Unless yes. you're a, a little short staffed, if you catch my drift. Ha 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 ha. That's too close to home, buddy. It's not my fault. Sorry. I was born with what I was born with. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, my favorite part about this podcast is uh, how many different officers you've been able to talk to and getting a sense of what it's like to work in those areas. Like the, the very first uh, couple of questions, uh, depending how much you've drank and such, um, is, is the job dead over there? Um, I just want to say, you know, congratulations on that. Uh, you've, you've done a fantastic fucking job. And uh, that's, yeah, that's probably my favorite part about the, the podcast. You're welcome for my service. And I'm proud yes. to be an American, where at least I know I'm free. Eagles soaring overhead. Nice. Crap! <laughs> <laughs> uh, questions. I did have some questions. Hey, do you ever listen to other podcasts? Ah! And, uh... Trying to, you know, develop your own skills uh, as a poorly made police podcast hoster. The only podcast I would say I listen to on a regular basis is not a police podcast at all. I listen to Adam Carolla. Oh, really? But not not all the time. Um, I I have my reasons why I stopped listening. Uh, but if I'm going to listen regularly, it would be Adam Carolla. I like listening to Adam Carolla Doctor's Rue podcast. Um, I'll listen to that sometimes. And then uh, every once in a great while, there's a couple others. Like, uh, you know, everybody, I think, listens to at some point. the uh, God, who's the guy everybody listens to? Uh, Joe Rogan. The Joe Rogan. I'll yeah. listen to Joe Rogan every once in a while. But that's... Um, I like the Joe Rogans a, on occasion. That's about where I'm at. It depends. Like, if there's somebody that I I think would be interesting, I'll listen to Joe Rogan. That's that's kind of yeah. my podcast. Uh, I'm kind of you embarrassed to, by this, uh, but I, I like the uh, the, I don't listen to Jocko, but I should I? I I really like his interview styles. Uh, his interviews go the exact same every time. Uh, not saying that you need to do that because your your podcast is entertaining for very obvious reasons. One, it applies to me. Two, I get to like see what it's kind of like working at other agencies. Um, and then, you know, three, it's all police related shit. His are uh, pretty much special operations, community stuff, leadership oriented. But his 
his interviews go the same pretty much every time. Start from the beginning. Tell me about yourself. What are you doing now? Um, and he interjects questions in, in between that. So it, if you wanted to like try to pick something off of that, I recommend listening to a couple of them. Yeah. That's what I try to do, but usually I get too hammered or distracted. Um, You're just like listening to it fucking. Well, you know who I think gives exactly who gives who does a really good job. And that's actually been on the podcast. Um, And I haven't listened to all of her podcasts, but I've listened to a few is the staff assistant where it's more mental health oriented. And maybe that's like kind of the way she does things as, uh, as she talks to people as like a therapist, but that's kind of that same idea as, as, as basically at least what I picked up is very similar. So I would she's encourage been on the podcast. She has been on the podcast. Oh, um, what episode? Early or mid season two. Gotcha. Very good podcast. Um, she's, she's good shit. I would highly encourage it. Um, and I've been on their podcast or I've been on her podcast too. So very good. Oh, cool. Um, I was gonna I was gonna give credit to uh not a podcast but a radio show. Are you familiar with Bob and Tom? Mm, no, that sounds like a very generic radio show, though. It is a like, very generic radio show out of the Midwest. It's syndicated. I've run into it a couple times. I ran into it living in Nebraska and I ran into it here. It's fucking hilarious. As stupid as it is, it's fucking hilarious. So they like play like the fart noises like every couple of seconds and they're like, oh, no. welcome back to Bob and Tom. Not quite. Yeah, uh, like I think that. I play more fart noises, but yeah, I just nice. I wanted to give a shout out because I do I do appreciate Bob and Tom. I, I appreciate nice. the humor. It's very good. All right. Question two or a million or whatever one you're on. Question number two. Uh What's your goal for the podcast if they become successful? If you get past those millions and you go into the billions or trillions, what are you going to do? Dude, I I want I can't tell you how much I want a million. I don't know why it's a very arbitrary number. But is that, I think is that, I, uh, I don't I, I don't just, know if that's like a high number with podcasts. I have no idea. I just think it would be cool to be honest with you. I don't know. Cool. I know I know there's a podcast that does police content and they have a million but they also do like five minute episodes. Like they'll oh, do little short the ones. Street street cops or whatever. Street cuck training, yes. Um they yes. do that kind of stuff. You know what? I, I shit on Den sometimes, but same team. So but I think they have that. I know there's some other podcasts that do really well for police content. I think people realize what this is. I mean, yeah, it's somewhat serious, but it's also fart jokes. I ask people if they shit their pants. I know that's a limited sure. audience. I have to realize that. Um, I'm not a case law expert. I'm a dumb guy, a dumb fucking beat cop. So I get it. Um, I, 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 I give you more credit than that, though. You've had some really good podcast episodes, like entertaining across the board. Yeah. Occasionally. And sometimes not even entertaining. Like when you had, uh, was it Sergeant John Mattingly? Uh, that Bionna should Taylor be the shooting. most listened to podcast that it's not but it's yeah that was he fucking that, he did a great job he's a fucking good dude and he's been fucking wrong but yeah that that was probably one of the best in in my opinion best podcasts that you've had uh that one and, and the wasn't like i think i didn't i didn't listen to the 9-11 i'll have to go back and listen to that one um 
But in game for the podcast, I don't know, man. I don't know. I I recently, well, well, like a month ago, I mentioned that season four, it looks like that's a go. It's probably a go. I don't know after that. I don't I really want that million. I want that very bad. It uh, that's just like a thing for me, but I don't I don't know what this is gonna be, to be honest with you. I mean, we're it's uh April twenty third, I think sometime in july will be two years so we've been doing it for a while uh almost 200 episodes i think people like it i don't know i have no idea what the end game is but as long as i can uh eat and support my family i'll we'll see what happens we'll get weird with it and and i don't need specifics but has it become at some point where it gives you money outside of the merch like the the numbers for the, the podcast and stuff like that like is it doing well? I think it's doing okay. Um, I, to be completely frank and honest, based on what, all right, you want to hear like the back story of the, this podcast? You want to get some inside baseball here? I do. Anybody yeah. cares? Absolutely. So when I was still on the job, I had a buddy and then another buddy that I I, I approached and I said, hey, I want to do this podcast and I want you guys to be on the podcast. So it was going to be the three of us. One of them was my patrol partner. One of them was a guy that had podcast experience and I wanted him because he had the experience and I was going to use him (laughs) versus his experience. But (laughs) before that came to fruition, George Floyd happened. We changed shifts. We went different places and it never Uh, really, it never really worked out. And, but what this guy had told me with the podcast experiences, he was like, well, you're going to capture on your podcast, at least 10% of the people that follow your page. We're not quite there. We're not quite there. But, being a realist about it when people like poorly made police memes they're not signing up to to like a two hour long podcast i get that i totally get that um i'm also i i don't know i'm not den i'm not mike the cop i'm not any of these other guys i don't know if i have that much of a charismatic type personality where people want to listen to me blubber on drunk for two hours so i get that too (laughs) um I want more because I think that's normal, but uh, my wife does too. But I, I'm, I'm happy with what I've got. There's, I think there's a a loyal group of you guys that listen to the podcast, and it's good. More would be awesome. Beggars can't be choosers, and it'll find its place. It'll, it'll do what it's going to do. I'm going to keep doing what I do because I'm not going to change. I am who I am. I think it's bullshit to change who you, are, who you are. So if it works out the way I am, fucking awesome. If I have to go ditch, dig ditches and get a real job, then I'll do that too. You know what I'm saying? That's, I think that, that I think that's the right take on it because, uh, yeah, honestly, I've... I don't want to sell my soul to just fucking make something that people like, even though I hate fucking hate yeah. it. If that makes sense, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because that honestly, that's the exact same take Joe Rogan has on his. He said. He's going to do it 
if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, yeah, then no harm, no foul. It, but, uh, you know, the whole time he, he's done the same shit. He interviews everyone pretty much the exact same. He just does stuff that he's interested in. So I think that's a, a nice, honest take to it. Question number three, good sir. Question number three. Um, have you thought about going to police conferences to sell merch and or make additional contacts? Because you could probably interview some cool guys from there. Um, all right. So I've thought about police week, not just for the Roman orgy, to be honest with you. I've yeah. always wanted to be in an orgy. I thought that would be a lot of fun. Okay. Um, yes, I have. And maybe someday I'm a little weird about my identity because I, I honestly see myself someday getting back on the job, even though I'm getting a little older and I feel like, yeah, I feel like, I feel like if I go out there and like identify myself fully, like I've done the YouTube videos and shit there, you know, I'm wearing a, a filter or a mask, so it's not completely out there, but if I did, if I feel like if I went out there, I mean, I'm not going to wear a fucking mask to a, that'd be fucking weird to an event. Yeah, I actually, yeah. you want to hear a fun story? Yes. Fun story. Um, currently, as we're recording, I don't know if you know this, but the street cop conference is going on in Nashville. Did you know that? I did not. No, I don't. Uh, I follow them on Instagram, but that's about it. Well, I was on a podcast that was deleted, I assume, because I disagreed with the uh the the leader of street cop on oh, the shit. topic and during that podcast he said i will i'll put you up in nashville and i want you to make memes of people on why we're on breaks no. i'm not in nashville. in nashville i'm not in nashville <laughs> okay um in fairness i probably shot my own foot with that which is fine but seriously what is in, he in a all, yeah, in all seriousness, same team may may disagree on some things, but we got bigger fish to fry, so whatever. But yeah, um, yeah, I've thought about that, but I I feel like if I give up my anonymity, that I potentially yes. may be giving up a, a police career. Fair or not, but if I if I give myself up, then I feel like I can't get away with what I get away with. Not that I get away with much, because Facebook and Instagram fucking hate my guts, even though I try to play it safe. So I don't know. Right. I don't know. I think it I, I honestly think it would be fun to do like a booth at Police Week and a booth at, you know, all these other places and get yeah, to know just people to sell, and like, Yeah, some t shirts. Sell some merch, sell some coins, yeah. whatever. It could be fun. I that Crown Vic uh t shirt is actually pretty sick. I like that. Which I'm one? The new one? That. Yeah, the Metallica one. Oh yeah. I like that one a lot. Yeah. I'm a I'm a big yeah, fan it's of that pretty one. Fucking sick. I hope they don't copyright those letters. <laughs> I don't know, but I mean, Lars does need another gold-plated pool, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's do the shit yeah. out of you. Get like $3. I'm sorry, Lars. Buddy, are you ready for my dumb questions for you? Yup. Excuse me. That was unprofessional. That's okay. Would you do it again? Would you stay at Heb? Or are you happy with your decision to get into law enforcement? Um, nah, I'd, I'd do it again. Absolutely. I love my decision. 
for law enforcement. Um, I, like I said, I can't see myself doing anything else. Um, I do maybe as a retirement gig, go back to head and, you know, do just be like a meat cutter again, something, something really low stress. The only thing you're worried about is like, do I have meat on the counter? <laughs> can, can these customers come grab my meat? Um, but you know, uh, no, I, I would not do anything else. I don't think I wouldn't recommend my brother is a couple years younger than me. And I actually recommended him to go for a fire department because I would not want him to deal with the same shit that I have to deal with. So, and that does seem to be the trend on all of your episodes, uh, <laughs> listening to people, but yeah, uh, most people are like, probably don't want to do that again. yeah like they love it but they don't fucking recommend it and uh i would recommend it for my brother's friends <laughs> but you know I, I wouldn't recommend it to him i just don't want him dealing with that shit well so. let me ask you as a young guy that's you know on for a decade a supervisor at this point and look at the remote what What's the future policing, do you think? Do you think things are going to get better, or do you think it's going to continue to get worse? Um, Probably. Oh, man, I don't know. Because we're almost kind of like in our own little bubble down here, and it seems like it could get better. But looking nationwide, I mean, honestly, it just seems like it's going to get worse. Uh, especially, and I, I know, like, people say they don't care about weed and shit like that but especially as they legalize more and more things that used to be criminal uh i don't have problems with regular marijuana i just don't think the marijuana that's been legalized is very safe and they've done a lot of studies on like the effects of the high potency thc on uh young adults going all the way up to like age 21 or 25 or something like that and how it can give you mental illnesses um, I just, I think that's going to keep happening, especially with the introduction of, uh, maybe psilocybin. Uh, there's a lot of medical research going on with that stuff right now, which I think is really good, but I think, uh, corporate entities will maybe take a hold of that and fuck us all over again. Kind of like with the, the marijuana. Wait a second. Aren't the corporations, don't they care about us? I would say that the corporations um, care about us in the sense, you know, just to fuck us for a little while, give us a nice reach around, and then send us on our way. The old rusty trombone. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think it's going to get better. But I just, I don't know if I'm just being a, uh, like a pessimistic asshole or not. I'd like for like a fresh set of eyes to, to maybe think about that. But You know, let me ask you, because you're a young dude and we had a guy that's been on the podcast that was like a chief at your like at 25 or something crazy. Oh, Jesus Christ. Back. But, you know, so you're in your uh, early 30s as a supervisor yeah. and you're looking to promote. Are you the type of guy that would want to be like the chief do you see yourself going oh, that Jesus. far no actually uh i probably wouldn't go higher than just the next promotion for me there's uh 
three more spots after that. It would be lieutenant captain, deputy chief, and then chief for my agency. I don't think I'd go higher than lieutenant, man. Uh, the captain role, you know, you you get a little bit more politicized. You have to show up to like council meetings, things of that nature. But in general, in a general sense, at any entity, the higher up you go, the further you're removed from the road. And, and that's just by proxy. Like you have meetings, you have, uh, you know, city issues, you're doing fucking paperwork on all these uh, new guys writing dear chief letters because they're fucking shit up. Um, you know, you're always in the office. You're not actually working the road. You don't really know what it's like to be on the road anymore the higher up you go. And I don't know that I could stand to see myself become that guy. Uh, so, yeah, I don't, I don't know. And I have a lot of respect for uh, specifically our administration. Uh, all of them have been road cops at some point or another. You know, they didn't just go to school to be a chief of police. Um, and I've talked to them. And for the most part, I, I agree with the majority of the shit that they've done. Um, of course, they're admins. So, I'm, you know, it's not everything, but they have my respect. But I don't think I could ever be them because you really have to be detached from the guys on the road. And uh, I still see myself as that guy. So probably not. Well, I, I'm curious, what are, as a lieutenant, what are your goals as a lieutenant? Um, My goals as a lieutenant, I'd probably work the road for another five years. Maybe go back to our detectives position and run that. Um, because that kind of interests me. I haven't, I haven't worked as a detective, only an narcotics detective. So I, I think it'd be interesting to supervise that and kind of do that stuff. And then I don't know what I'll do for the last five years. I've got 15 left. <laughs> Maybe uh, just go back to the road, man. Uh, just build good officers. I'm a field training officer um, on the SWAT team, just fucking have a good shift, man. That's, that's all I want is good officers. And it's hard to, it's really hard to get that. I sit on our hiring boards on occasion and just the, the pool of applicants that we're getting is like fucking ridiculous. Like the, it's like people wake up that day and they say, nah, that'll be a cop. Yeah. How hard <laughs> could it be? <laughs> I can do this. It's not yeah. a big deal. We had this guy, man, fucking show up. He didn't. And regardless on your opinions on clean shaven beards, things of that nature. Fucker woke up, put on a shirt, had some blue jeans on, walked in unshaven, not even groomed. And he was a fucking mess. And I just had to ask him. And I was like, and, you know, the shitty thing is he was actually like a like a prison guard. So I'm like, man, do you, did you like, did you research us? Did you ask anyone like, well, my uncle actually is in law enforcement. Okay, cool. Did you ask him like, Hey, what should I do to prepare for an oral board at a police department? Like, should I present myself in any particular way? Maybe should I trim my beard? Should I shave it? And he didn't do any of that shit. It's like just the the common sense factor in a lot of these fucking applicants is gone. Uh, it, it, that's probably something that does not give me very much hope for our future. 
so I'm I'm curious, Mister, uh, maybe potentially future lieutenant. We haven't talked about this on the podcast in a long time, if ever. What are your thoughts on beards on patrol? Is that oh, cool? Man. Not cool. What's your thoughts? Man, I got a couple of buddies. They can grow the. You know how Tom Selleck has like the best fucking mustache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, it's like the standard for mustaches, right? Him and maybe uh-huh. Steve Harvey. Oh, he's got a great one too. Yeah. He does. Yeah. So I've got a couple of buddies that can grow like the ideal beards. They groom them. They trim them. They're so fucking professional. They should be like the poster children for beards. That's that's I don't know how you need to put it in paper, but that's what it needs to be, because right now we're we're on board with beards. I think uh, my department is like trying it out for a while. And uh, there's some guys that are growing their shit and it just looks like fucking garbage. And I've had to tell them like, hey, you look like uh, a midget Abraham Lincoln. Get your shit trimmed up. You know, <laughs> and uh, like what? Everyone told me it looked good. Well, they were fucking lying to you. <laughs> I don't know why they'd lie to you, but you know, it's just uh, I, I I'm okay with them, but there needs to be very specific regulations on them. And uh, it, I know some agencies can get hemmed up with like uh, religious exemptions. I, I don't think that you should have a religious exemption for your beard in at least in Texas because we're kind of at an at will hiring thing. I don't know how you can get that. Like, I don't know why you'd apply for an agency where, you know, you can't grow your beard the way your religion needs you to. So the beards is I'm on the fence with, um, I, I think a well-groomed, mustache goatee even a beard is fine but the issue is well groomed it's got guys guys will look at themselves in the mirror and think i look great and then they come (laughs) out and it's like you look like a fucking doofus well that's true we we also look at ourselves in the mirror and like oh we look so fucking buff and we're like we got like a fucking beer keg on our stomach uh just you know, really, we're just more fat than anything. Uh, so I, I think that it, yeah, it definitely has to be like in writing, like a quarter inch. I, I don't know what the writing would be. I'd have to find some other agency's policy and steal it. But All right, Mr. Admin, what are your thoughts on external vests? I think they're okay. Yeah, I we're, we haven't gotten any. Our admin haven't been super on board because of the whole uh, militaristic look, but I think the benefit is supposed to be more uh, ergonomic. And I'm oh, really that's interested. A big word. That's yeah. a big word. And I'm three trulys in, motherfucker. Oh, wait. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> You're a fucking terrible Texan. Trulys. You know, the external vest carriers are interesting to me. What I'm used to is, you know, your traditional uniform. And yeah, my department had like the shitty class A's where like we had class A's, but you could have pockets, right? 
Oh, cool. We didn't yeah. have like five eleven like tactical pants, but we at least had a fucking pocket. Which, if you're on patrol, you need a fucking pocket, right? I get it. You you, you, you need, need a pockets. lot of pockets. You need some yeah. pockets. So I get pockets. that to an extent. I don't the militaristic thing with the external vest carriers. I don't really get. I think they just look tacky. And if, uh, if I, I agree. if I yeah. ever had if I ever had the uh, the ability to be like a chief or something where it had that type of decision making. I I think just for the sake of the guys and the gals, I'd be like, all right, fine. That's cool. Just that's not a big deal. Me personally, it's not worth losing sleep over, but I just, I don't think it looks as good as, and it's not, I guess as classic as you know, your, uh, your classic duty belt. Yeah. It doesn't look as good. That's for sure. But there was a study that was done at some sort of college It said, uh, and it's hard to, to tell like the pool of applicants they had, they were all police officers. Some of them were regular rigs. Some of them were the, the external carriers and the guys that wore the external carriers are like, Oh, my back feels great. But it's hard to tell if they were just saying that cause they like how it looked, you know? So yeah. I'd be interested to see if the load bearing vest, like, if it helps with that, because, uh, you know, wearing your, your rig all day, like it, it starts to hurt my back at least. Um, and I, yeah, I try to, that's, that's my thought on that too. And we were kind of going through an experiment where officers were trying that and they said, you know what? My back just hurts somewhere different than it did before. Oh, really? Yes. So that, oh, that was, now that's like one dude. I, that's okay. not like a case study. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I would say this, and just to put it out there, if you went from a traditional duty belt where you've you've practiced a lot, you know, whether it's in the academy and then through all your in-services, knowing where all your shit is, if you, you end up moving to having, you know, your fucking mag pouches on a vest, you better yeah. practice that shit. You better Definitely. fucking practice that shit, and it should be muscle fucking memory. You know, like I switched from a Smith to a Glock. And that took a lot of time oh. to kind of get that muscle memory down. Definitely. Yeah. Imagine moving it up, you know, six inches, maybe more on your vest. Like make sure you don't take that shit for granted. Like actually go out and practice and know where your yeah. fucking mag is, know where your handcuffs are. I mean, I assume that one goes a little quicker, but yeah, you don't want to be sure. fucking reaching for your belt for a fucking ammo on a reload and nothing's there. That could be a bad yeah. day. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, now we we haven't gotten them yet, but we're ordering some. I'm I'm interested to see how they how they uh, pan out. I ordered one as well, so hopefully, hopefully I like it. I don't know, hopefully it doesn't look like shit either. All right, I I just have to ask before I get into more of my dumb questions. You have excellent audio. Do you have your own podcast or something too? No, uh, in my former life, I was just a uh, a radio host. Uh, what <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> uh no i i just have this shitty <laughs> i have this shitty uh headset that i bought i use it for my xbox it's uh, great it's fucking fantastic that's awesome i'm glad to hear it uh occasionally it gets a little it gets a little sus as the kids say are you gen x or are you a millennial like me millennial you okay yeah. okay yeah, as the kids say, 
they say a little sus, and sometimes it gets a little sus when people come on here, fam. But uh, well, sometimes... your audio is no is no problem, no cap. Nice, nice. So it doesn't get sketch on occasion, and no. there won't be no. any beef with it. Is that millennial? It's on fleek. On fleek. It's on fleek. Nice. That's. I think that's a millennial thing too. I don't think that's even Gen Z. I think it could be. Uh, to get back on track because we got a way off track, but what's your rookie mistake? What is the dumbest thing you ever did oh, as a shit. rookie? Uh, okay, all right. Actually, <laughs> I have a really good one. Okay. And I fucking hate this story. <laughs> <laughs> that means I'm gonna like it. <laughs> Maybe I don't know, man. Uh, it was really fucking dumb, and I to this day I don't know why I did it, but I did. So I'm making some proactive stops. I'm working with this guy. He's uh, my buff motherfucking brother. Uh, we're on the road, same shift. I make a stop, PC search. And I'm like, man, uh, you know, car reeks of weed. I'm probably going to get some good shit in here. And I'm searching. Uh, the guy's being super chill. He's like, nah, man, you're fucking, you're good. Search all that shit. Uh, he's just talking with my buddy. And I see this giant, like, peanut butter cup, uh, you know, like the GIF containers, but it has no wrapper. It's been all cleaned out. The only thing that's in it is, like, these giant uh, octagon-shaped tablets, and they're, like, a crystalline color. I'm like, man, what the fuck? This kind of looks like... Nah, there's no way this could be meth. This ain't sharded out. It's just like there's this doesn't look clandestinely made at all. In fact, it kind of reminds me of like some really big rock salt that I've seen at the store. Or maybe some sort of tablets you put in for your uh, water softener. So I'm sitting there looking at it. I'm like, you know, there's no way it's fucking meth. Let me just try one. I fucking I lick one. <laughs> And sure enough, it was salt, like rock salt or something. Yeah. Uh, and the guy actually saw me do it. He's like, yeah, man, fucking eat that shit. It's it's probably it's just salt, man. I just bought that shit. And uh, <laughs> my what partner saw me. <laughs> I'm just fucking blown away. You haven't finished the story, but I'm fucking blown away. <laughs> let, just let me let me finish, man. I, this was like maybe maybe nine months after field training i i didn't know what i was doing i was i just knew there was some illegal shit out there i wanted to get it but to this day i have no idea why i did that shit long story short he didn't have anything illegal so i I cut him loose and my buddy was like bro did you did you taste that i was like yeah man it looked like rock salt so i thought it was safe Um, anyways, I was fucking homeschooled. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Holy fuck. Yeah. If if at the, (laughs) where'd you learn that? Drug school. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I've, I've made memes about it, but I've never actually heard it. You were so fucking lucky. That wasn't meth. Yeah, or God forbid it was like, you know, 
fucking anything else, BCP, LSD. <laughs> so that is that is literally the most embarrassing. And my buddy, he's he's a good dude. He's never told another fucking soul. And you just fucking uh, told everybody about it. Yeah, I've I've I told my uh, my deputy chief who's going to listen to this episode. So. Tommy. <laughs> You know, it, it's funny, and I, I apologize if anybody's heard this story, and I don't, I'm not sure if I've told this on the podcast, I think I have, but I had a, it reminds me when I was like really new, I had this uh, more senior guy working with me, and we rode together a little bit, and he fucked with me all the time, and he was so good at it, and he had such a good fucking poker face, and we were working this, um, these are some hobos that we found and they, their pants were down and there was maybe a worry that there was some kind of sex assault. And he's like, well, you know, you might have to just smell his fingers and see if he was doing anything, you know, what the fuck? for a half a second, I fucking believed him. <laughs> I was like, well, that could be a good tactic, but you just did it on your own. Which I did. Is amazing. Yeah, that, amazing. Yeah, All by and now myself. you're a supervisor. You That's know. right. And I know to tell these guys hey don't fucking do that don't do that <laughs> you might what's die your, now because it might be fucking fentanyl <laughs> jake from state farm what's your favorite dead guy story um you know i thought about this beforehand because i was kind of like listening to your more recent podcast like to get myself prepped you know i was like i want to i want to be prepped for this and i don't have a favorite dead guy story i don't really have any good dead guy stories i have the most traumatic one if you if you want to know that one hey let's go for trauma why not if not funny trauma yeah so um i don't have kids i have dogs i'm a dog guy um so like fucked up dog situations like they kind of they hit home um but we get called to a house they uh they hadn't been in contact with the resident inside for maybe a week and we get up to it. All the lights are off. We can see a dog in their doggy bed. It's like a little Dachshund, like a wiener dog, sitting in their dog bed. Uh, and it's fucking skin and bones. We're like knocking on the door like, hey, bark at me or something, buddy. Is anyone home? Fucking nothing. See some flies on the window in the kitchen. Like, ah, fuck. So we make entry. <clears throat> this person been dead for a while but they had dogs like four dogs total they had a golden retriever which uh you know was on the stairs uh dead because they had been dead for so long they couldn't water or feed the dogs they don't chase squirrels at all dead puppies aren't much fun Bonus points if you got that reference. Go on. Nice. Uh, I definitely know that song. I've heard that shit before. <laughs> um, but the the body was like in the kitchen, just out of view. And the fucking yappy dogs, they I, I think they were alive because they were eaten off of their face. The decedent's face. Oh, yeah. And uh, it was just like all sunk in. <laughs> Nothing but fucking like red goo and uh, a little bit of bone. And uh, yeah, the the couple of yapper dogs, the like little tiny bastard guys, they were alive, 
they made it out of there. But the the sad thing was the uh the golden retriever like died on the stairs, like third or fourth stair up, just laying on the stairs. It was it was uh kind of sad. Well, as I've heard, dead puppies are not are not much fun. They aren't. Yeah, that was the. And it's weird. That was the worst part that stuck with me. Like the dead person lying on their fucking kitchen floor. Like, well, that sucks. But you left your fucking dogs here, you bastard. <laughs> More evidence that the yappy dogs are fucking evil, by the way. The golden retriever. Oh, definitely. He yeah. won't eat you. The yappy yeah. dogs, they will fucking eat you. Yeah, they, they stayed hydrated from your blood. <laughs> I feel Eating. like if I died an unfortunate death, I think my hound dog would eat me, but I have a mix, a mutt who's a little bit older. I think he's loyal to the end. I don't think he'd eat me. The hound yeah. dog, though, she's dumb. She would eat me. Yeah, it's like, oh, this is starting to stink. I'll probably eat this now. This, this, I mean, he's well-fed. He's an alcoholic. He'll taste good. Yeah. Um, What is something you wish you learned in FTO, but you learned down the line? Hmm not to try weird looking rock salt ah. uh, no not not fto but in the academy uh you kind of already covered it in the last couple of podcasts uh, when you had the other texas guy on here um but the emphasis on defensive tactics we had a pretty good emphasis on the one i went to but i think it needs to be more specific to like BJJ, American wrestling, and boxing, just those three, and more PT. Like we had PT in ours. I liked our PT program, but the PT that the uh, the new cadets are going to, like there's no mandate. They have a final test for it, but they don't make them fucking test. They don't smoke them at all. Not in the, the, uh, the academy that we have in our area. It's uh, really fucking depressing. In fact, it's fucking embarrassing. Um, I was going to ask, since you listened to that one with the, the guy, the Texas guy, which I, I think was named the, uh, the big iron, big iron. I think yeah. that was like a top notch podcast. If you guys haven't listened to it, I, I would go back and listen to it. That guy was really well-rounded and, and I thought a very good guess. It, again, not to beat a fucking dead golden retriever on the stairs, but Right, Uvalde, I feel like he kind of brought some more to that conversation that I hadn't even thought of. Do you have any other takes on that? I mean, has that has that call that not to be a dick, but it, it is what it is, that failure, has that had a effect on oh, Texas yeah, law dude. enforcement? Definitely. Even in our area, we're uh, kind of like just the uh the faith that we might take care of business is just kind of like fucking lost. That's like the sense of it. We had, of course, every, every year we put on our own active shooter training at our schools in our city. Um, but this was just coming out of COVID. So we hadn't done it in a couple of years. So we were getting calls about, I don't know, people just being near the school uh, it, it was just kind of like an increase in call volume for suspicious activity that wasn't really suspicious, just uh, people being kind of paranoid. And then, you know, if something were to happen at our schools, because we staff our uh, our school police, we put our SROs in our ISDs, 
um, like people are just like overly hostile towards our, our SROs. Like, well, you know, if something happens, you know, we know that you guys can't do anything. You know, there, there were like a couple of offside comments like, like that, which, you know, it's hard to blame them. <laughs> it's like people, you know, they think law enforcement, they were all the same. They have no idea how different the training ranges from agency to agency in Texas. And it's a, it's, I, I think the most embarrassing thing for law enforcement in Texas is the, the variations in training. I think it should be all the same, whatever our state troopers go through. I think that's what we should do. Although they, I feel like they kind of go fuck that thing too. And they acted like, Oh, I don't know. You know, it was, the, uh, it was, it was, it was evolving police cops. They, they did it all. And I feel like a lot of those guys kind of, as it got found out that there was a lot of DPS troopers that there were there that kind of go fuck that too. But that was, that was one of those things that we learned in that, that uh, big iron podcast is Texas is, I think, I don't want to say unique, but it really depends on where you went to the Academy. It could be a lot different experience. Yeah. And I didn't know, um, like early in my career, I didn't know that uh, law enforcement work would be so different dependent on where you are well like other states they have a standardization for the whole state i i thought it would be like that in texas i had no idea i'm like okay well i got hired on with an agency they're sending me to an academy the academy they're sending me to is just one that's put on in our area they don't really have an option <laughs> so if the one that was being put on at that time was really really shitty the training that they'd have to beat out of me would be really, really, you know, the shit training. So yeah, it's, uh, it's fucking crazy. Like over the last 10 years, the changes in the Academy training is ridiculous. You know, like there's no PT standard. They let, they literally let any fucking person in. They don't do real background checks on at least the Academy that I'm speaking about. Do you have to be um, sponsored to go to that academy and like hired by an agency? You do not. Anything? No, it's a, uh, oh, okay. it's a college academy. So mm. they've had some, like, uh, I do, I do the physical fitness testing for our agency as well. So I've seen some of the apl- applicants that have been in an academy already and trying to get on somewhere, uh, like they're self-sponsored, like they want to get on. Um, and like just talking to like, to them for the first couple of minutes you know that they're not quite right in the head <laughs> like hey man maybe you shouldn't be in law enforcement and uh and like but they don't do any background checks they you know for the college it's just a money maker they don't care they don't they don't have anything implemented so there was a very good point you brought up in that podcast where like law enforcement agencies are human and uh especially like county agencies they're not they should do a background check just as good as like bigger city agencies. And we pride ourselves on that, on not losing our standard, no matter how low we are on people. But there's some county agencies where like, you know, the chief and two other guys are working the road, man. One of those fucking weirdos might get picked up just out of desperation. And that's fucking scary. Yeah. That it's terrifying. And I know there's a lot of good people that, you know, want to be cops and are working towards that. And that's not necessarily shitting on them. 
but we've we've all seen it where there's somebody that gets hired on that is, is basically hired on because they pass the pulse test. Yeah. That's terrifying. And that's just asking that's asking for a fucking lawsuit because they're fucking stupid and they don't understand how important doing their job is. Yeah. It's scary. It it is it is absolutely terrifying. And I hope people kind of keep their standards. It, and I think some agencies have, but I don't know, man. I got to tell you, yeah. I think <laughs> I think the way things are going, it's going to dip you know, a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's going to get a little rough here for a little bit, which I would encourage everybody to be kind of self-aware. Am I a dumbass? Ask yourself that every day when you look in the mirror. Am I a dumbass? Okay, I'm a dumbass. Let's just say you look in the mirror and you're like, all right, I'm a fucking dumbass. Okay, that's the first step in realizing you're a dumbass is to recognize that you're a dumbass, okay? So stop doing dumb things at work. Yeah. Can and you do that? I believe in you. Not uh, you. I don't think you're a dumbass. You're fucking weird because you're homeschooled, but you're not a dumbass. Look, man, it's been like nine years <laughs> since since that incident, and I'm, I'm really trying to get past it, okay? <laughs> so, like, how's homecoming as a homeschooled kid, like, Oh, uh, I actually, uh, Are you still a virgin. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm waiting cool. to, uh, there's like a ceremony that we do for that and everything, you know, uh, Reba has to give you permission to play. Yeah. This. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. no, uh, I actually, I took, some... by the way, I will be very impressed with myself if I can figure out a Reba McIntyre meme. <laughs> I, I think I'm leaning towards hot rod, but maybe I can figure out a Reba meme. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, no, I, I took some high school chick uh, that I met at at work. I had a job when I was in uh, like 16-ish when I was in high school. I just got my license. I had a job. I was working at a theater, met a chick. And, uh, yeah, I took her to her prom. She tried to have her way with me and I had to dump her because that's not what the Lord would want. Can I tell you a story about prom? Does anybody sure. care? Uh, yeah, I don't yeah, give a shit. We've been rambling for a while. We'll get back to police stuff later. Can I tell you about a problem I went to? Yes, I was out of high school and I was dating this girl, uh, like a year or two younger than me. And so you're you're not in high school. I'm not in high school. Um, okay. I want to say I was still eighteen. I might have been like eighteen or nineteen, and she was like seventeen or something. I don't remember. And so, I. I've been dating this girl for a little bit. I think you muted yourself again. I what now? Did I really? Yeah, yeah. You're back now. Okay. So I think you muted yourself. Anyway. All right. So I was like 19, 17. I think I was 19. I think she was 17. And I went to her prom. But prior to that, I kind of made the decision. She's cool, but it just... We didn't have a lot in common, and I was like, I I'm kind of done with this. But but her problem was going out, coming up, and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to be a fucking dick in um, Dumper before prom, which yeah, I think kinda, hindsight yeah. in 2020, though, it's like one of those things, like, I wasn't into her. Maybe maybe I should have given somebody else a chance, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I think there's an argument there. I never really thought of that until I got older, but 
It's kind of the same boat I was was in, just so you know. I got a little catfished. And Mm. uh, this was like early days, you know, text message pictures, Facebook profiles. Her Facebook profile didn't really match what I saw in person. Mm. And then uh, and then she was like, well, you want to go to my prom? And then she was so excited. So I kind of like let it drag on a little bit. Okay. Okay. So, well, anyway, um, I just, I felt bad. This is what 19 year old Lloyd was thinking. I was like, well, we're getting close to prom. She asked me to prom. I'm not going to dump her before prom. That is not cool. So yeah, you're a good man. Well, not really. So we go to prom and I actually had fun. It was a good time. Um, we had a really good time. We went out to dinner. We danced. All the stuff, right? It was a good time. She didn't put out for prom, which is fine. You know, it's her okay, choice, okay, right? Okay, okay. 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 Uh, I call her a couple days later, and I'm about to, like, break the news that um, I don't think I want to date her anymore. And she says, hey. I say, hey. It's one of those, like, classic moments, right? Where I'm like, yeah. hey, I got something to tell you. She's like, well, let me tell you something first. So I'm like, okay. Thinking I was going to skate out of this thing. Oh, shit. <laughs> like, just that she was going to break up with me. No, she does me one better. She's, uh, hey, I, I got to let you know that um, the reason, you know, things didn't, you know, get a little where, where was uh, I, I've been cheating on you. And I, I felt, I felt bad about oh, what it. What the fuck? I was like, you <laughs> fucking bitch. <laughs> I just spent all this money on prom oh, and you've been shit. fucking fucking some other dude for like two or three weeks, you fucking cunt. And I fucking hung up the phone and I have not talked to her since. No idea where she's at in life, if she's alive, if she has kids. I don't know where she went. She's gone. But I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I That's, I paid uh... good money for prom. I took her to a nice dinner. I rented a tux. You bitch. Yeah. Cruel. <laughs> That's cool. good shit. It is awesome. Classic. Yeah, I never had to worry about such complications. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Back to police stuff. Now we know a little more about us. What is the proudest moment of your career? Oh, damn. Hmm. I guess right now, the position I'm in. Uh, yeah, I'd probably say right now I have a uh, a seemingly really good reputation with the patrol guys. Um, they they think I'm a fantastic supervisor, and they they actually want me to come back to the road, which is. Do you keep secrets as an arc? That was something that came up recently. Yeah, yeah, of course, got to. No, uh, no, no! Tell the patrol guys what's going on. Oh, I do. Yeah, yeah. I feed them stuff, but there's some stuff where like. If you got a a house in your, you know, some neighborhood you're watching and, you know, if you give that info to patrol, the, the idea being, if you give that info, they're going to go sit on it and knock that shit down. Well, then they're going to clam up and then your investigation is fucked. There goes your search warrant because they're not selling shit no more. And your, your CI can't get a a buy off of it. So I, I give them plenty of info. I share with them all that I can like, Hey, there's, if if I'm not actively working it, fucking have at it. I think that's something they really appreciate. 
the other thing that I'll do, I'll, uh, uh, if I get like a, a really good bust off of a CI from a case that they, they made, maybe, you know, a couple months back, I'll let them know like, Hey, just so you know, this case led to this case. And I don't tell them specifically like, Hey, the guy you worked, uh, or the guy you arrested at, they're working their charges. They're getting, trying to get some consideration on their charges. And they gave me this case. I just tell them one case led to another um, because there's, there's some stuff that, you know, you don't want them to know because they're going to inadvertently fuck something you up. Are fake news. Give, uh, give the dumb patrol guys a little credit. Okay. Mr. I want to be a Lieutenant. We're <laughs> not them, all stupid. I give them all the mostly credit stupid. Mostly yeah, stupid. That, the majority of my work comes from patrol. So it behooves me to fucking feed them as much Intel as possible because the more that they arrest, I mean, the more that I can tie back to houses and shit. So yeah, that the most proud right now is I, I have a really good reputation on patrol in the position that I'm in. Whereas before I got to that position, my predecessor had a terrible uh, reputation, even though he did relatively like he did good work. He did better cases than what I've done. Um, and the only reason, the only thing I've changed is I try to work specifically in my city, uh, as opposed to like, uh, other jurisdictions, cause I'm on a task force. And then, um, I try to keep that communication line open with the guys. That's the only thing I've changed. Well, I, I was going to say that just from my humble experience is sometimes not sharing that like the, Hey, I'm working this address. Yeah. If we'd go fucking randomly just go on a wild goose chase and end up at that address, yeah. Patrol eventually like, hey, we're working this address. And it's like, well, fuck, I would have left it alone if I knew you were working it, kind of thing. For sure. Yeah. I, I think we run into those issues. And you know, sometimes you send something up, and I'm not, obviously we never work together, but you know, you just send something up and you'd never fucking hear about it again. Oh, yeah. Turn yeah. into secret squirrel. Like I remember us yeah. telling you the coolest thing I ever did. A couple yeah. of years later, I ran into a guy on that on the unit that I, they got sent up to, who had since promoted to patrol as a as a supervisor. I was like, "Hey, dude, what happened with this?" And he's like, "Oh, let me tell you." And he, you know, he tells me all this fucking crazy shit. And I'm like, "Well, fuck, man, that would have been cool to know." Right? Yeah. So that that's the other thing because I I would do the same thing. I'd send up we just call them intel reports, and we'd send a fucking intel report over to OCU and fucking. <laughs> Like it goes to a black hole, like, well, they don't fucking do anything with this. And uh, I get back there and I find out essentially the only thing you do with it, you file it away. And if you got a case on the house, you put it in a folder somewhere you can use it later. If you develop something from, you know, a traffic stop from patrol, maybe you have them knock something down or maybe you have like a, a CI into it or something. You can tie that in with your search warrant. That's that's pretty much the only purpose of the intel report is for further cases. So sometimes I'll get intel, but it won't be useful until maybe three, four, five months down the road. So what I started doing was I was just sure if I got intel, like, okay, just so you know, I'm going to file this way. I might not fucking use it, but if I do, I'm going to let you know. And for the most part, they seem relatively, you know, I've gotten good feedback from that. Um, and if I, I've had a couple of situations where 
you know, that Intel came in very handy. I used it for a couple of search warrants and, uh, fucking, I, I told the guys, I'm like, Hey man, just so you know, if you didn't send me that shit, I wouldn't have gotten this. And, you know, they had a big old grin on their face. They, they appreciated it. So just keeping that line with patrol, man, just, just cause I know I've been on that other side where it's like, you're a mushroom. All you get is just shit and you're left in the dark. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I know what it's like, so I try not to do that. Would you want your kid to be a cop? Um, I will never have kids, but I definitely will not. I definitely wouldn't want my dogs to be canines. That's for sure. <laughs> I don't know if that's funny because I'm drunk or if that's funny because it's funny. Well, people will let me know, but that's amazing. <laughs> uh, it's fucking dangerous for them dogs. I mean, they're they're hardworking boys, you know. I bet they yeah. find a lot of a lot of drugs, but. Yeah, sometimes they get stabbed and stuff. Shout out to the uh, canines that get stabbed so we don't. The next section is a uh, an ode to you, the great shitty AM radio, coast to coast or other radio programs that all overnight cops have surely listened to. Do you have any ghost or alien stories you want to share with the millions? Uh, man. Uh, I tried to think about that, but uh, I I can honestly say I don't have shit. No, Mm-mm. no ghosts, no aliens, no nothing in the uh, central Texas area. By the way, we- I want to give a, sh- a a shout out real quick. I randomly ran into the if you guys listen to the podcast I did with Saul and the the uh, ghost guy. Uh, I don't know, probably about six months ago. I ran into him in the big city recently and uh we we had a quick chat. He's a good dude, so shout out to oh, him. Nice. We uh we had a, a an officer that like went off to do his own like a uh, ghost hunter type thing. Like he bought a bunch of devices to measure activity. Um I don't know where the fuck he is now. I think he works with the National Guard flying helicopters, but yeah, that was he weird. got abducted. He was- yeah, he's kind of a weird guy. So maybe, maybe he got hurt by a ghost. Good sir, in your humble opinion, Jake from State Farm, what is the best patrol car of all time? I came on and we had Chargers, Tahoes, and Crown Vicks. And uh, my first patrol unit was a fucking Crown Vic, and it was awesome. So that's the best patrol car of all time. Yeah, I, I mean, just are you sure? Because you had a little on, pause there. Yeah, well, you, you, there's a lot of factors. Because yeah, I, I don't know what podcast it was, but one of your guys they brought up, you know, like there's a lot of quality of life amenities. Um, sometimes AC in those were shit. <laughs> you don't need AC, okay? You do in fucking Texas, bud. Don't be a bitch. Be a man. Hey, it's like a it's a it's 120 degrees. Figure it out. It's just Um, you go to Walmart and you get the little recharge thing. You're good to go. Yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna say yes. Local heb. Go to the local heb. Based on like their performance and overall 
you know, impact on law enforcement because it's just kind of a badass car. And even even the criminals want to be like us. They were like buying our shit from auctions and then like souping them up and taking them to car shows and you know getting involved in shootings and shit with them. So is that is, is that, that a like word? a big thing? Is that a word? Souping it up, souping it up. I feel like that was the thing in the day, the glory days of uh when everybody was putting Euro lights on their fucking shitty American cars. Uh... Is that still a time period that we're going through, know. or is that over? Uh, Everybody had a, an eclipse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everybody That's has still... Honda Civics's. Yeah, that, I mean, we still have a lot of fucking Honda Civics and shit like that. But, uh, yeah, I, I love that show. By the way, it's fucking fantastic. Need for Speed. What's it called? What's it called? The show. Letter K. What show? Oh, Letter Kenny. Yeah. Okay. I thought from the, I, the I was talking about like yeah. Yeah, it's fucking <laughs> embarrassing. It's a great show. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought you were talking about the uh what's the one with Paul Walker? Um oh, the, uh, Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious, yes. The, the one all about family. Yeah, all about family. They know how to do stuff because of family. Family. Well, here's the deal. No one cares about family. No one cares about Reba. No one cares about anything we've talked about today. The people want to know, good sir, have you ever shit your pants? I have. I got, I got a story for this, actually. Beautiful. Tell us all. Uh, actually, I have a couple of stories, but this one was the the one time I was at work. The other times were like uh, like borderline food poisoning and stuff, you know? Okay. Let's hear about the time at work. Okay. So I'm working midnights, and uh, a lot of a lot of places like closed down in the city that I work. Um at like two, three o'clock in the morning, even our gas stations, we only had like a handful open overnight and I'm just driving. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna go back to the PD. I think I've got shit coming on. Fucking not a big deal. I passed the, I passed the open gas station, uh, thinking I can probably make it. It's going to be okay. As I get closer to the police department, you know, something starts happening. Uh, my body knows it's getting closer to this toilet and some stressors start uh, implicating that uh, I, I might have to shit a lot sooner. So I haul ass as, as fast as I can get in this fucking back gate, but the back gate is opening so fucking slowly. We have like one of the, like a little hockey puck that gives the sensor, you know, the, the code saying, let us in. And it just opens so fucking slowly. So I get in, I get, I, I have two options. I can go upstairs. I can go downstairs. I'm thinking I got to go upstairs. I can, I can go upstairs pretty fast. Must go faster. And I get in there. Uh, I'm unhooking all of my stuff and I just I can't, I am in the stall and my keepers and everything else. <laughs> I just, uh, I just let it loose. I'm like, ah, damn, I shit my pants. <laughs> Couldn't get my belt off. I'm like, golly. So close, man. So it was. so close. Yeah. I still and I it was a it was a really big dump, actually. I, I still had a lot to go. So I finished my dump. I call my supervisor. And he's like a, a really salty old lieutenant. Uh he was like 20 years MP, another 20 doing our department. I call him like, hey LT. Man, I, I I don't know what's up. I think my stomach is fucked up. 
I probably should go home. And he's like, well, how you feel right now? I'm like, well, I just shit my pants. I don't feel too good. I'm like, well, why don't you shower, change out, and hit the fucking road? Jesus. <laughs> and, uh, God, let yeah. a man... Let a man recover from shitting his pants. Yeah, he's like, I've done it before. It's not a big deal. Just hit the road. If you feel like shit, go home. Like, All ah, right. Ah, ah. That's no a pun intended. Falcon move right there. Yeah. Just let him go. Let him go home, man. That's what I was hoping ah. for, but I mean, honestly, I did feel better. I don't know what the deal was. Sometimes a guy ah. just needs to shit his pants. On that note, Jay Crum State Farm by the way, when I think of State Farm, I think of uh, Deputy Hookham and Bookham. They had the funniest fucking State Farm video. It's probably like 10 years old now. Fucking cracked me up. Oh, I'm not familiar with it. I'll have to look oh, it up. Oh, it's so good. Look up the Deputy Hookham and Bookham uh, State Farm video. Deal. On that note, Jake, do you have any words of wisdom for all the millions and millions and billions and trillions of listeners out there? Um. Uh... Guys, don't poop your pants. Stay fit. Go practice some defensive tactics. And uh, practice your shooting, because we all know it's been a long time since you've been to the range. Go go to the fucking range and shoot. But uh, other than that, man, I, I really appreciate you having me on. Uh, been a good time. I hope it's not too boring. Uh, everyone listening, uh, in my mind, it, it was going to sound really entertaining, but I feel like I'm kind of a boring guy. So I guess we'll find uh, out. I mean, like most people, I think, with uh, that are homeschooled have like mild autism, but I didn't yeah. get that from you. So you yeah. did good. You did really yeah. good. I do, I do a pretty good job hiding it, you know. Uh, you got it. Got to blend in with the peoples. Yeah. I let, gave you uh, a little fidget spinner and uh, you did really good. So yeah. Yeah. Let Lloyd, let Lloyd know in the comments how I did. And yeah. If, if you want me to come back, we did good. We got, um, that was the fourth thing we got. Um, we got a lot of things knocked out. Uh, did we make a transgender joke? I don't remember. I know I made the black joke. I think you did. Yeah. In the very beginning, um, you, said, you know, fuck trans or something, something. Yes. Uh, and then you said something anti-Semitic potentially. <laughs> so you're officially Kanye. And then, um, and then we just got the autism. So we're like four for four. By the way, Kanye. Kanye. Let's stop making that our guy. Kind of insane. He probably probably should be on some medication. He little, he seems people are a little worried about him. He seems really fucking crazy. Yeah, he's a like crazy. as crazy as the South Park episode makes him out to be. He seems that fucking crazy. Yeah, maybe, maybe if he says something you happen to agree with. Don't make him your guy. It's gonna yeah, end up. Not. It's gonna end yeah. poorly. He's just, gonna be a gay fish. Just eventually. Just, just saying. On that note, you guys know what to do if you want to support this lovely podcast, where I can have random strangers from the world of policing come in and talk shit. Take care of the fine, fine sponsors who put up with my bullshit every week and still happen to pay me. So go check them out. Make sure you guys are checking out the coins and patches, ghost patch. All that shit is fucking amazing. Go to my spring store. I have uh brand new merch. Like he was mentioning, I have the uh, not Metallica Crown Vic shirt. It's not Metallica. It's, it's not Metallica. Lars, 
It's just, it does not uh, need a gold plated pool. Uh, yeah. I have another t-shirt uh, about patrol cars. That's out. I have all kinds of stuff. The classics are in the store. And then uh, you can also become a monthly donor. You don't want to buy anything, but you want to just put in your mom's credit card number. You can give me a couple bucks every month to make this possible. So I continue to uh, be able to survive with that said, remember Austin isn't really part of Texas. Yeah, that's true. It's its own little country now. And Texas is okay for everyone but people in Austin and California. Come on down. And we love most of you. Bye bye. Bye bye.